Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is Start by Chance. We're going to talk all things movies, television, streaming, news, sports, all that good stuff. And this week, uh, or this episode, I should say, because we're, we're a little behind, uh, we are looking at movies. This is the, uh, I think it's Crystal for 15 years. Uh, I'm going to have to look at that. I don't even know, you're, man. You're, you're the married one, Russell. You should know these things. Well, I'm not at 15 yet, man. I'm, I was. I just. I just think, celebrated think, a think fourth, it. which was fruit. Think it fruit, really? Yeah. What'd you get her? Uh, we went to the Big Apple to see Dave Matthews. Oh, that, that's fucking cheating. That's cheating. It, it actually is Crystal, by the way. It no, is Crystal. Okay, there we go. Come on, that's, that's come on. That's creative. That's creative. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Cheap ass motherfucker. But <laughs> 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 uh, the, the, the anniversary was really, was really for you. Uh, but regardless, for, for Russ, Russell's anniversary, anniversaries aside, we are looking to be celebrating the 15th year anniversary, which, you, which man, 2007, what a fucking year. It was stacked, and I was not expecting this one to win, yeah, me, me to be either. honest with you, yeah. at all. And uh, yeah, we got to look at Edgar Wright's Hot Fuzz, which, yeah, uh, this was something I'm, I'm actually dying to talk about, uh, which we will get to, but we have uh, so much, so much to talk about. Strap in, folks. We are going to get through this expeditiously. <laughs> uh, first thing is, which uh, usually our, our football talk, we're, we're doing some other sports stuff as well. Um, so, I mean, the big story, obviously, the football season has concluded, and we have our Super Bowl champions. The Los Angeles Rams are the Super Bowl champions of the world. <laughs> Something we never thought we would ever see. Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford. Yeah, it's uh, it's legit now. So it is legit. It is very <laughs> legit. Uh, but yeah, uh, congratulations to the entire Rams organization. Although this game should have any been anywhere near close. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, no, <laughs> no that that he that he T Higgins definitely like tried to rip off Jalen Ramsey's face. Oh no, I'll give you, time. I'll give you that one. But I think. Uh, I think, but I think the Rams were gifted some uh, some calls too. So I mean, I, I think okay, all in all, I think there, it all kind a, of balanced the, out. There was a fringe holding call, but his his hand was close, so I can I can see he can mix that up. Eli yeah. Apple got torched a lot. He got torched a lot. Twitter torched him. Did you see these? Yeah, and then awful play calling on uh, on fourth and fourth and one. Like yeah. I, I, I'm not quite sure. Like I've, it's just, I've said it once. Said it th- I've said it a thousand times. Uh, Zach Taylor is a shitty coach. What well, you need to do though on that coach. one? I, I don't understand why we don't do more play action. Like I don't think they they were seeing run on that one. I I, I really think it's like a little well, play not, action. Well, I think to mention, like it's 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 you know you're driving to get to get a tie. You're driving yeah. to get in a field goal range to tie the game. You don't go for the home run. Of, yeah, you, like you're third and one. You have one of the best backs in the league, in Joe Mixon. But mm-hmm. you're what you're running, but you're running a ball with Sam J. P- with uh, what was it, Samaj P. Ryan? Yeah, he must have taken uh, book uh, out of uh, Kyle Shanahan how to how to just not be productive in the fourth quarter of a big game. I guess you know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it is. It was definitely a head scratching a lot of the calls, but I mean, at the end of the day, it was a close game. It came down to a, a, the final drive for their final drive. So but, I mean, hey, it Matt's, was entertaining enough. Mass ever does what he does. He came in clutch. Cooper Cup came in clutch. Aaron Donald came in clutch. They got the splash plays they needed. That's all it's about. Not to mention the fact that we had the one of the greatest halftime shows, maybe ever. 
Cause, cause, I mean, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of just just taste for that. Like the my generation was totally on board with this. A lot of hate. I saw, I saw uh, that. Yeah, for, so. the, for the younger children, for the younger kids at home that watch this. Oh, but, the younger uh, kids. I, I, I don't know. I didn't know it was the younger generation. I saw. I saw the. I actually saw the more your generation. On my this. generation loved it, man. I know. I I thought everybody my age loved it from what I saw. At least what I saw on Facebook, everybody loved it. Took it, took fun, us back I, to high school. I didn't see some funny tweets where it was just like, we're just like, uh, like what, what, like how can we I can't have white people in the halftime show? It's like, okay, I guess, I guess Eminem, I guess Eminem's not white anymore. Okay, cool, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess he 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 doesn't count. I guess apparently anymore. He's not. He does not count. He he was traded apparently. I I don't know. Uh, he was on waivers, I guess. I I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was fun. And uh, Fifty Cent uh, came out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, boy, did he uh, draw some heat, huh? <laughs> well, not heat. Just the, just people just like kind of roasting because you know he's a, little, he's a little thicker than he used to be. Nothing wrong he's with that. He's still in good shape. He's st- still in good shape, though. Oh yeah, man. no, like it, it's 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 solely the upside down angles. Like when he when he got down from like the bar he was hanging off of, he looked oh, fine. Yeah. Let's be honest. I would look like shit hung, hanging up upside down. They'd be like, "Oh my god." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Like I remember I saw like 50, fifty cent looking like a whole ass dollar. Uh, yeah, the, they were really they were fucking. Sh- they were definitely weight shaving, but, but it is what it, it is. Was, um, but it was re- look. He, he hasn't gone full uh, three point one four diet, but you know he's got a little, got a little, a little heavier. But it's not, it still looks great. Uh, still looks great. But I, I think he is actually prepping for his uh, next role with uh, Russell Crowe and Brendan Fraser. Brendan I Fraser. think they're going to be in a movie together. Uh, three point one four one five. The movie. Um, it's coming out to theaters. I think in twenty three. Oh, they should have actually released it today. It, Palid, uh, Palid, Palidindrum Day, Palindrum Day, or whatever the hell. Yeah, two, 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 twenty-two. And this week is all the same frontwards and backwards, folks. Pretty exciting. That's true. Uh, but yeah, so the Rambo Super Bowl champions, Eric Weddle retired once again. <laughs> Congratulations, you got your ring for like little. <laughs> it's funny, like one like one month's work, and he's got a ring. That's good, good, good for him. Uh, hey, that's yeah. But yeah, now we look now we look forward to next season. Looking forward to drafts. Uh, looking forward to you know. Coaching, coaching. Well, I mean, Kevin Kevin O'Connell, Rams OC, did finalize his deal to become the head coach in the Minnesota Vikings. So, all head coaching positions are full now. But and your boy feel, Brian Flores yeah, went to Brian the Steelers. Brian Flores did get hired. He did get hired by the Steelers. He's a, a assistant, a defensive assistant, and linebackers coach position, which I, he admittedly is way too qualified to do. But I am happy yeah, that I, he is. Yeah. I am happy he's getting work. Yeah, and I, like, the guy should be a head coach. I mean, I don't think that's a, yeah, yeah. a mystery. And, you know, I don't think they should have fired him the, in Miami, but yeah. Once, once the uh, once the air clears when this loss, once the loss blows over, you know, once some head coaching jobs open up in the next season, so he'll, he'll get another job somewhere. I guarantee it. Yeah, for sure. Um, one re- some real quick baseball stuff because you know Russell and I are both big fans of baseball. Uh, in that there may not be any baseball this year. Uh, oh, yeah, a couple that, of days that, ago, where the uh, MLB and the LMBPA were supposed to have a meeting, the meeting lasted a grand total of 15 minutes. Never a good thing. It never a good thing. So a lot of people are going like, no. "Shit, we are not going to have baseball this year, are we?" <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so a, a lockout is very yeah. much imminent. If again, if they can't come to an, an agreement with with their term, because they are having, you know, a lot of a lot of you know tweaks they want to oh, the PA wants to make, but the MLB is not agreeing to. There is a chance that they or this could result in a lockout. First lockout we've had in quite some time, actually. I can't remember if we had an yeah, it'll lockout. Get, 
It'll give Cleveland some time to work on a uh, rough draft of a of a sketch for their mascot oh, now because oh, uh, that one's hideous. Guardians absolutely hideous. Oh, do they? hideous name and and bad. Uh, there, did you saw the uh, baseball with like the gladiatorial helmet wings on the side? Wait, is that the mascot? It's not the mascot. But the mascot slatter. Well, it's still slatter. Oh, I um, oh the oh the I met the, fucking, I met, the, logo, I met the, the logo the name. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. The, the logo. Runner, yeah, the logo is fucking weird. Yeah, maybe that'll give us some time to solidify a, a better logo. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, but yeah, but, no, uh, so, so yeah, yeah. Uh, the Guardians are in full effect. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, do, you, do you think we'll actually get baseball this year? I hope so, man. I nothing says summer like overpaying for beer and nachos and watching the American pastime, man. I, I I'm. Oh, it's such a tranquil atmosphere. I love it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I hope I, we do. I did. I did go to a game last July, or yeah, last July. Give uh, you know, me okay. the first time we had first season they allowed fans back in stadiums again. So my, my family yeah. went up to uh, Chase Field to watch the Diamondbacks play. I I, okay. I forgot how much I missed baseball. <laughs> oh, dude, I I remember talking about it during the pandemic with my wife. I said I can't wait to go back and. Um, Sure enough, we even went back during 2020 when it was uh, when they had they they were doing sections. They were having like block offs, you know what I mean? Like you, you it, which was nice because there was nobody near you, which was fantastic. But um, the uh, concession lines were like ill prepared to handle people again, so um, you had long waits for stuff. But it was yeah. nice to actually get back in there last year and um, just overpay for alcohol and, and, and eat nachos and watch baseball, man. Nothing. One more baseball thing I want to talk about before, before we move on to the next topic in our sport, our sports breakdown. Uh, this this is an old story, but it happened in the midst of uh, NFL playoffs, so we didn't really cover it. But I do I do want to talk about it now because I do think it's something worth discussing. Uh, so the MLB Hall of Fame last it yeah. last just concluded, uh, and so there were three big names that were uh, shut down, and it was their tenth year of eligibility, which means it was their last opportunity to get into the MLB Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. The main three were. Uh, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, and fuck, who is the last one? Oh God, I, I was thinking Bonds and Sosa for sure. Who the hell is the other one? Shit. Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens is the last. Oh, one. Clemens, p- pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the three of them, it was, it was the ten year eligibility. They did not get the required votes to make the Baseball Hall of Fame. Therefore, it's not impossible for them to get in the Baseball Hall of Fame because there are still other channels they can go through to get in. It just becomes a lot harder now. Uh, so. It is so. Yeah, this sparked a lot of controversy. Surprising amount of controversy among baseball fans. Uh, in that, does Barry Bond, Bond especially, uh, he's, yeah. he's got the most um, talk of anybody. Uh, you know, of course, he does hold the the home run record. Uh, now, a yeah. lot of discussion whether or not he belongs in the Hall of Fame, um, just because uh, he he w- was kind of the face of the uh, baseball steroid scandal. Uh, you know, like yeah. the, like the big figures like him, Mark McGuire. Jason Giambi to an extent, Sosa, uh, but, but Sosa, yeah. Sosa, Clemens, yeah, Clemens, uh, all those guys, yeah. But yeah, so do you think Bond should have been elected to the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Uh, think, side uh, note: uh, Pete Rose should still be in the Hall of Fame. Just want to throw that out there again because uh, I, I, dude, Pete Rose, dude, this, this, this statistics are sick. If you look them up, dude, I'm yeah, telling you, Pete, Pete, Pete Rose, Pete Rose is a baller, but you know, he's a hall, he's a hall gambling. of famer for sure. <laughs> but you know, gambling, but, uh, he's a gambler. I mean, hey, it's it's all good. You gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Um, but um, yeah, Bonds absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, to me, it's like yes, yeah, steroids get you bigger, but to me, it's one of those things where the hand-eye coordination doesn't change. You either have it or you don't. You can't like, you know what I mean? I, I don't think steroids helps an eye uh, hand-eye coordination. 
Um, I think sheer strength, yes, but um, I think he was. I mean, he was hitting home runs fine in Pittsburgh without being on juice. You know what I mean? Uh, to me, in in his early years at the, in uh, San Francisco, you know, he was doing the same thing. You know, he obviously he st- you could tell when he started to fluctuate with weight, he was definitely on something. Um, maybe the pie died. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, no, but no, yeah, no, this was that uh, diet. Yeah. Yeah, no, but absolutely should be a Hall of Famer. Um, what he did to the baseball community, uh, even Sosa, the summer with uh, him and you know Mark McGuire going back and forth, really revitalized the game when it needed it the most. I remember watching that home run chase and, and breaking uh, Maris's record. Uh, or was it Garrick? No, Garrick's record. Uh, wait, wait, Mar- Maris, the sixty. Uh, who the fuck? The six, the sixty-one. Yeah, wasn't that? Uh, oh my God, who the hell was it? Was it Maris or was it? Gehrig. Uh, Gehrig. Okay. What the hell was I thinking Maris for? Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, just to, you know, just to that, the, the summer of innocence, man, I remember, you know, watching those guys back and forth. I remember ESPN, like showcasing all the Cubs games, all the Cardinals games. Um, and it was just fun to watch them go back and forth and hit home runs in the game. You know what I mean? Um, and then to go back with bonds, it's like, you know, bonds just really, you know, transcended the game another level too. Like even you know, even when he got older, he was still. I mean, obviously, it was still pr- productive. Wait, no, um, I was wrong. It was Maris. It was. Maris. It was okay. So I okay. So I was right. Okay, I like I said, I was pretty sure Maris, but it's like it didn't seem like a name that you know what I mean when you think of home runs in the season. You know what I mean? You yeah. think of like Garrick or Ruth or those you know those guys. Um, but absolutely should be there. Uh, you know. I just, I just think it's a, it's a shame that the guys that you know, they're always going to have that cloud over their head. Um, you know, yeah. Clemens was a great pitcher uh, in Boston. Um, he was in Toronto for a minute. I mean, I mean steroids uh, hurt Clemens probably most of all because he was a pitcher. <laughs> he was a pitcher, yeah. Um, so that does affect you a little bit more than I would say. Like, like I said, the hand-eye coordination, I think, to me, is is the big argument there. Um, I don't know. I just, I think these guys should still be in the Hall of Fame. They were the face of baseball. Uh, no matter yeah, what, well, here, you know, here's, yeah. Here's and here's what I'll say yeah. about that. Like, so like I will, because remember in 1994 the World Series was canceled. Like, because people just did not give a shit about baseball. No, and and that's I think that's what we needed though. That, that Sosa yeah, McGuire like, show. And, and you had you know you had like guys like Bonds and McGuire and Sosa. They they, yeah. kind of, they, they brought baseball back. Yeah, you know, they, 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 I mean they really did. It made a popular game. However, <laughs> I will say, if look, if 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 you want to be a Hall of Famer, don't stick a needle in your ass. No, I mean I completely, you know, I completely agree. Look, but look, if, if if they never in, they never you know take steroids and their careers just go the way they do, they're Hall of Famers like for their first ballot Hall of Famers. Honestly. But look at look at guys like Babe Ruth who drank before games and shit like that and had all you know what I mean was yeah, yeah. you know well, but you know like shit showed up to games visibly drunk. That was actually more impressive than what Babe was able to do. Oh, no, no, it absolutely is. But you know what I'm saying though. Like I mean, big, what I'm yeah, saying like, is. Like, you, you know, yeah. and I'm not sitting there saying that, but you know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to level the playing field a bit. I know, you know, steroids, uh, steroids and alcohol are not completely no, are not completely equal. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, I still think that they, you know, they deserve their their spot in in the Hall of Fame. I just, you know, I mean, I mean, look, I I understand what they did from the beginning. Of baseball problem is, you know, they're not they're not in the Hall of Fame. They have they really have no to blame but themselves. Honestly, uh, my thing is just come out and admit it that you did it, and I think you look less guilty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to denying it for so long. Like for example, like A Rod, A Rod will never be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Same reason. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I mean, but still, I mean, 
And they were fun to watch, man. He was fun to watch they when were, he was in, you know, Seattle when he was in Texas. You know, they did make baseball fun to watch, but you know that's that's the sole reason they're not going to be in the Hall of Fame. And honestly, they, except they have nobody to blame but themselves. No, they no no they don't. But I mean, statistically and stuff like that, if we're looking at a whole, I guess. But then, yeah, you're saying, well, the steroids helped the statistics. So, yeah, it's it's a. It's a very circular argument, I guess you're going to have, you know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I can see, I can see the argument for either for either way. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I get it. I was never like diehard fans of of any, of any I, of these people. I wasn't either. Like, I was huge into Bonds when he's in Pittsburgh, obviously. Um, and then like when he left, I fluctuated with teams. I liked the Yankees for a minute, and then that's when the Indians started getting real good. Um, and then I just kind of like gravitated towards Cleveland, and that's kind of been my team since. So, I mean, that's yeah. Albert Bell did it for me, I think. So it was one of those things, and uh, yeah. the re- the rest is history. Figures. Right, so <laughs> before we move on sports, we're gonna do something uh, real quick. You know, Super Bowl just happened. Uh, we when we want to run down our since it's gonna be the last time we talk football for quite some time, we're going to talk about our top ten favorite Super Bowl moments of all time. Regarding the game, halftime shows can be a completely different list. Uh, only preface it for this list is that they had to be moments that we were actually present to see, which is why my everything in my list is pr- is fairly more recent than I, probably something that's be on your list. But uh, Russell, you want to go uh, go over your ten nine eight real quick? Yeah, I'll go over them real quick here. Um, so number ten, I am going to go with one I remember watching. <laughs> And I know you're gonna. This is gonna date me, but I just remember it, just because I, I, I grew up like I, I was so. I liked the underdogs, and the Buffalo Bills obviously had that stretch of uh, four Super Bowls. Um, and I remember Matt Bars. I remember the uh, the Scott Norwood missing the field goal to <laughs> to uh, to seal the game for the Buffalo Bills to get them a Super Bowl. Yeah, and. Um, I just I remember that like it was yesterday, and it was it was crazy. And I was I was so young too watching. That. I think I was like an eight or nine, but I just just remember the later on, obviously seeing it a lot more. You kind of remember it, but um, to me, it's just a memory that just always sticks into my head. So well, I, I put funny, that. In. It's funny because that was the only Super Bowl where they were, they were even remotely close to winning. Yeah, because they got uh, they. I think what the Redskins I think beat them. Uh, the Redskins ended up beating them, and then they got destroyed by. Uh, Dallas back-to-back games. Back-to-back, yeah. Yeah, back-to-back Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I got that as uh, 10. Uh, let's see. Number. I'm trying to sh- shuffle through them here. All right, so number nine, I'm going to go with the uh, the 49ers. I know, it's a big shocker. But I want to go into what could have been. I'm going to go uh, several years back. I believe it was 2012-2013 season I when we played. talking about when we uh, were getting absolutely dismantled by the obviously then-crowned Super Bowl champions, Baltimore Ravens. But I just want to talk about the comeback in itself. I'm talking about the power outage that changed the whole entire landscape of the game because it was, it was an absolute blowout. I remember watching this at Buffalo Wild Wings, drinking many, many an adult drinks, and um, just thinking, well, we didn't have a shot. And slowly... Kaepernick, Gore, Vernon Davis, just the the defense, everything started clicking. And then that last drive, the uh, uh, Ed Reed pass interference that was not called. I want to talk about that for a second. Um, on I believe it was Crabtree. I think. Yeah, I, I'm I, pretty I, sure. I, I'm yeah, really positive it was Crabtree. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Crabtree. But um, just just I just to put us back in the, the, that spot of actually 
even remotely thinking about winning a Super Bowl, uh, especially when we were completely dismantled. Like we were getting absolutely crushed. We sh- we had no right uh, to uh, to even to even uh, be coming back. So I'm gonna put that as my nine. Uh, my number eight spot. I'm gonna go. I'll probably end up going as much as I you know I don't like the Steelers, man. I I'm not a big Steeler guy, but um, I do remember the San Antonio Holmes catch. Um, I was cheering for Arizona because I, you know, Larry Fitzgerald. I just he's a class guy, and he's 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 Pitt related too. By the way, he went to Pitt. He's a Pitt Panther. Um, I just remember that comeback though. Uh, you know, I think what? Uh, hold on, it, it was he's Larry Fitzgerald scored a touchdown, yeah, and he, then he broke, he broke a he broke a big one. He, he broke a huge play, and that was the same one where Harrison, I think, had that huge run back. That, I think, that, right? That was the same game. Yeah. That was the same game. Okay. Okay. But then at the end, when Ben threw it to San Antonio Holmes in the corner, there that uh, that catch right there was just it really solidified San Antonio Holmes because I mean he he won Super Bowl MVP I believe that year. He did. And uh, completely disappeared, completely went off the radar. Um, but it was just still a, it was still a great catch when you think of Super Bowl moments. You know, what I mean, you think of those those one play to kind of uh, you know solidify just to solidify a game, and that was it was a big it was a big play, and uh, it was a just a beautiful catch and at the, at the right spot too, where only your guy can catch the ball. Yeah, uh, all right. So going to my number uh, ten through ten through eight. Um, number ten is just a, is just a random one. Again, I, I play defense, a big defensive guy, and most you know probably the biggest. How do I phrase this? The one of the greatest defensive performances I've seen in a Super Bowl was Super Bowl Fifty. Uh, was the uh, Broncos versus the Carolina Panthers? Wow! And the, <laughs> the our 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 age, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Uh, the yeah the the Broncos defense just absolutely just stuffed this. And Von Miller, Von Miller was, I mean, one of the greatest pass rushers of the tw- of the 2010s. You know, there's a play where like he just like absolutely just demolished Cam Newton, shut the ball, and had one of, and had uh, I think it was Bradley or sorry, fuck who was it? I don't I don't remember, but uh, had one of had one of his uh, players just you know, take pick up the ball and go backward for a touchdown, and I think that to me is a microcosm for the entire game because like like I said, it was, uh, it, it was just, it was just a game where the Bronco, the Broncos defense just absolutely owned the Panthers. And you know, this is, and I think this ended up being Peyton Manning's last season, if not mistaken. It was, it, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, you know, he, he, he was like limp. He was limping. He was not the Peyton Manning of old, but, and you can see it by the, by the offense performance. But yeah, this, his ability to just, you know, the defense be able to just clam down a Carolina offense, which was hot during the year. They were 15 and 1 that season. Uh, this is the ability to just clamp down and just like own that offense. I think, I think it was always mass, massively impressive to me. Uh, number nine. Uh, this is a random one, but I think this is maybe the gutsiest call I've ever seen in Super Bowl. Uh, it's the it's uh, Super Bowl Forty Four. Oh, it's when <laughs> the Saints uh, onside kick. Yeah, it's when the Saints yep. uh, again. They're the the Colts supposed to get, are supposed to get the ball back. Uh, Start the second half. half of the game. Yeah, yeah, and the Saints yeah. doing the Sean Payton just does this like dirty trick. And he does an onside kick to open the second half because yeah, and his whole reasoning was I didn't want Payton Man to get the ball back. So yeah, I think that. I think that's a game that that's a play that just changes the outcome of the entire game, or changes the momentum of the entire game. Because and it's also just like, like I said, it's one of the gutsiest calls, maybe the gutsiest call I've, I've seen in this, in any Super Bowl. Just to just to, just to open with an onside kick because again, if if that goes wrong, they have great field position. But the fact that you got the ball back and you're able to, it. and you're able to that, you know just like further 
yeah. further, you know, extend your lead. I, I just think it was a great call by Sean Payton. On that goes wrong, you have tons of questions to answer on top yeah, of it. If that, if that goes wrong, you're like the biggest idiot on the planet. But uh, what rights? And we got Drew Brees' sadly only rank. <laughs> Sorry, Drew. Uh, and my number eight is uh, – this is a personal one for me. This is from Super Bowl Forty. It's because uh, I mean the whole reason I'm a, I'm a Steeler fan is because my my parents went to college with a guy who did play for the Steelers. He did play in the Super Bowl, and I remember watching. It was I remember it was one of the first like trick plays I remember I remember seeing. Uh, it's when you know they have a wide receiver, you know they pick the running back, have a wide receiver reverse, and then Antoine Randall just like winds up for a pass to hit a wide open. Heinz Ward for a touchdown. I remember seeing that. I'm just like, God damn, <laughs> that that was sick. I I I I love like cool trick plays like that. So that's my number. That's my number eight. Uh, so Russell, you want to go through your uh, seven to five? Yeah, uh, number seven. I'm gonna go with. Um, I remember this this run, man. I was a big uh, big fan of the uh, Titans during their uh, their run there in, in the uh, Super Bowl and the. Uh, was that late ninety or no? Yeah, no, or no, that'd be early two thousands. I would take it. Uh, no, yeah, was that was early, not, late nineties. That yeah, that was late nineties. Yes, late nineties. Yeah, okay, yeah, that Super Bowl run. I remember watching the uh, Music City Miracle. I remember watching that game with my buddy Tommy. Uh, I remember watching it in my room. I remember like yesterday because I've never seen a play like that. It was just so exciting to watch that, and I was just rooting for him. I remember seeing um, the uh, late great uh, Steve McNair that I got to see play in college. Um, Played for Alcorn State. Uh, they played Youngstown State, which where I went to, to college, my first degree. Um, but uh, during their uh, playoff run, they played uh, Alcorn State, and I remember uh, Steve McNair was lining up in shotgun all the time. And I knew he was going to be a superstar though, because he was just so versatile, and the guy had a great arm. He was mobile. He's definitely a dual threat quarterback. Um, and just watching them charge their way up against the Goliath, the greatest show on turf, and for them to be a yard short there at the end, right when that outstretch, I think, was that, uh, Di- was that Dyson, I think, or was that uh, – or was that um, – Oh, the tackle the tackle at the day? Was that was Dyson with the reach? Was it, was it Dyson or was it um, – who the hell was the other receiver that was uh, – I could be wrong. It was the other receiver maybe. I think it was Dyson. It was Dyson. It was Dyson. It was Dyson. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, the outstretched arm, and it's like that. And I guess <laughs> maybe that's why I like Friday Night Lights so much. <laughs> that uh, outstretched, where you think they're going to do it, and they don't, and it's just uh, it's so heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, that was number seven uh, for me. Number six, you know, it's it's not a not a secret. I'm a big, huge Tom Brady fan, but this is the one where I have to go. Uh, what would beat a perfect uh, perfect season? Um, or wait. Was it? Was it? No, David Tyree was not the. Um, that was the actually. Seat. Yeah, that was. That was a perfect. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put this at number six. The David Tyree helmet catch. Um, it seemed like the Patriots completely had Eli uh, Eli Manning dead to right. Like literally, they were pulling that jersey. Like he was going to be sacked, and somehow just throws up a, a duck. And it, this this no name guy named David Tyree catches the ball on his fucking helmet, and nobody could jar that ball loose. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, I got to go with one of Tom Brady's Super Bowl losses at number six. I know it pains me to say that, but I mean, God, what, what, like, just what a catch, like, at a crucial time, you know what I mean? At, at a crucial time there in a game. And, uh, yeah. And then I will go with, uh, you know what? I might as well get, I'm going to get them both out of the way then. Yeah. I'm going to go with another Tom Brady loss at a Super Bowl. Uh, 
Go Blue, uh, Mr. Mario Manningham from Warren, oh, Ohio. Uh, I, um, I'm going to go with that one. Um, I believe they were down a couple uh, in, a, in the fourth, and the Giants were, again, bouncing back for a comeback. Um, and they were it was a this the sideline catch by Manningham, um, who I loved in college. Was he was a stud in college, and then went to the Giants and ended up going to the Niners, but didn't really produce much. Only played a couple seasons, but had one big memorable catch, and he has a Super Bowl ring now. So, yeah, I would say that one, the Mario Manningham catch to to end up getting the uh, Eli Manning to win a second time against Tom Brady. Craziness. I, I, I mean, uh, I would have thrown. I'll throw. I'll mention this to Ahmad Bradshaw scoring a touchdown with his butt <laughs> in that same game. <laughs> Just ass first into the end zone. <laughs> uh, so my number seven. I mean, y'all know how I feel about Tom Brady, and I'm, I'm actually gonna do something that praises the Patriots. Not a uh, boy. My number fifty-one is the Julian Edelman catch. Of oh my god! 50, on his on his bicep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh. fifty-one. Uh, Brady, like I said, Brady throws up a duck. <laughs> What, uh, the, the Falcons, I don't, I don't remember who it was, but the Falcons' safety hits it away. It goes in the air, and Julian Edelman just like makes this like incredibly just surgical catch. That eye constant, the, the, the whole concentration the that whole time. Yeah, exactly. And it never, never touched the ground. Pins it between his arm and the and the Falcons. He has three guys around him. Pins the Falcon to the Falcon defender's leg, and it ends up being a catch. And again, yeah. I was rooting so hard against the Patriots, but. And again, I have said on this show before, Julian Edelman should never be anywhere near the Hall of Fame. But that catch was absolutely incredible. Well, he did go to Kent State, and Kent, Ohio is close to Canton, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. If he if he makes <laughs> Hall of Fame, that's just an insult to actual to like actual Hall of Famers. <laughs> uh, my number six is uh, from Super Bowl Forty One. Uh, Devin Hester, arguably the greatest uh, return man of all time. The last great Chicago Bears postseason play right probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh Jevin Hester he had a it was his rookie season he had a historic rookie uh returning year and there's a lot of speculation like what is he gonna get a, is he gonna get to turn the ball he's gonna he's not gonna get to return the ball so he it's the opening kickoff he gets the ball and returns it 90 plus yards to the end zone is the first he's the first and so far only person to ever return the open kick of a Super Bowl for a touchdown Mm-hmm. Again, like it's it's something that I I was privileged enough to watch. I have never seen anything like it. I may never see anything like it again. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Devin Hester, uh, greatest return man of all time. And my number five, uh, I'm going to the opposite corner of Tom Brady. I'm going to another one, another one of Super Bowl losses, uh, uh, or his last Super Bowl loss, like I should say. Uh, hater. <laughs> I am taking the Philly special. At my, oh my, my god! Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Eagles, it, their time is winding down. I believe it's like they're inside of a minute uh, in the second. And they have a chance to uh, they have a chance to you know get a further lead on the page. They're already up. They have a chance yeah. to get a further lead. And, you know, they want to do it because if they don't, it means the <laughs> it means the Patriots going to get the ball back. And, yes, that's not a good look. So uh, Doug Peterson and Nick Foles, the hero of Philadelphia in this story, uh, they call this, they call this like insane trick play, which is a wide receiver reverse pass, and Foles catches it for a touchdown. Uh, yeah, Foles, I mean, that's part of his MVP run. I mean, the, the that whole like they, that whole the conversation with them is actually a statue in Philadelphia. 
just because like, people <laughs> love that play so much. And so much like people keep trying to copy it. Now, the Patriots themselves tried to copy that play in that same game, but failed because Tom Brady can't. <laughs> Tom Brady decided to grab bricks to his hands, couldn't catch the ball. Uh, but yeah, the Philly special, I, I just think that's. I, I always like it when, when you know someone can say it's Tom Brady. So yeah, uh, Philly special. You want to go one and one, one and one? Want to go for yeah, the next? Yeah, let, let, let's let's go let's go one to one. Okay, uh, my number four is the Seahawks deciding to run the ball against the Patriots, or or should I say, run the ball in quotations? That's, that's my I, that's that's my number four too. Okay, I mean, when all when push comes to shove, um, you know the play, you know what's going to be called, and you know that they're going to hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch, right? He's going to run it right up the middle. They're going to score a touchdown. Score Seahawks gonna, are going to win the game. Play. This is what's going to happen. But they decide to completely uproot that and decide to pass a ball to the arms of Malcolm Butler, who intercepts the ball off of Russell Wilson and seals the victory for the New England Patriots. Um, it's just one of those those calls that you scratch your head and you're like, did he really do that? Um, when it was completely obvious of what you were going to do and you didn't do it. when like, Even, the out- even, even yeah. if it was obvious. like You had Marshawn Lynch, who in that game was borderline unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, and 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 basically, I mean, he's that guy was not going to be denied the end zone. Um, no, yeah, it, 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 it was definitely he had like yeah. a nine-yard run, like right before that too. Yeah, so I mean, he definitely had a hot hand. Um, you look, you know, like, why you look at this right why now. you didn't hand off to him? Look at this right now: twenty-four carries, one hundred and two yards <laughs> up yeah. to that point. So it's like, why again? He's Practically the, four yards a carry. Arguably yeah. the best running back in football at the time. Why would you? Again, it's like trying to kill someone with a gun by throwing it at them. Yeah, it just doesn't make much sense, um, and it just added more fuel to the fire of the uh, the Patriots dynasty. But yeah, uh, it was definitely one of those plays where you know Malcolm Butler was in the right spot at the right time, made a big play when he needed to, and you know iced it for the Patriots. Yeah, and you know, the, the Seahawks had gone to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl the year, the year prior to that. That one play kept the Seahawks from becoming a dynasty. And I don't think they've ever fully uh, and recovered they've since. Never recovered since. No. Because you know, um, right so after I, that, yeah. Legion of Boom was dismantled. You know, yeah. Earl Thomas left, Richard Sherman left, Cam Chancellor retired. Yeah, I'm sorry, no, I think he got released, then he retired. But yeah, like uh, <laughs> that team just got completely uprooted after that. And like that, that was Pete Carroll being like, okay, you know what? I'm smarter than that other coach. <laughs> and he just decided yeah, he just he, he definitely didn't himself. show it. He played himself, but you know, it was it was, it was a great play. It's 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 a, it's a terrible play if you're the Seahawks, but it's a great play if you're Malcolm Butler. Yeah. All right. So yeah, now that was both our number fours. So uh, why don't you go to number three? My number three is Mr. Adam Vinatieri's field goal against the Greatest Show on turf, thus cementing and starting a legacy known as Tom Brady. Um, you know, driving back. I think that was his first Super Bowl, I believe. And I think I believe Vinatieri also won uh, on the leg of. Uh, two Super Bowls. I, I know um, one. I'm trying to think. One against the Rams. I believe one against the Panthers. Uh, and I, the Eagles. I don't know. He definitely kicked a couple field goals to to win to win games. Um, but I just I always think about the the first one against the Rams. Um, again, greatest show on turf. And you get this young kid uh, right after what I think Breeze got hurt. Uh, not Breeze. Bledsoe got hurt. And um, enters Tom Brady, um, and uh, to to do what he can, and a completely inexperienced Tom Brady, and 
gets him just does enough to get him in field goal range and thus you know setting up an Adam Vinatieri game winning field goal and um, the rest is history. It's just it's it's crazy something like that you know something so random like that can can really start a you know start a dynasty like that. But that definitely was on the start of it and I believe Vinatieri then I I, I want to say definitely against Carolina the first time. And yeah, or no, not Carolina the first time, the only time. Carolina and then I think Philadelphia. I, I want to say he kicked a couple like I want to say two or three Fogel Fogel wins, I think he had. Yeah, uh Carolina and Was Philadelphia yeah, one Philadelphia. or no? Philadelphia the first the first time against with yeah, McNabb, right? I mean it's 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 yeah. t- it's t- I mean, <laughs> doing the bare minimum. That's the Tom Brady way. Listen, but what he did during the game, you know, you got you to gotta watch what he did during ooh, the game. Ooh, 16 for 27 for 145 yards. I'm Playing hard. small ball. All right, look up your stat against with Ben Roethlisberger against the Seahawks. You tell me low quarterback rating. You want to go ahead and throw that out. Throw it out. Look it up. Look how bad that QB rating was. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay, while, while I do that, let me go into my number four. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, my, my number three. My number three. Right. See, I got a fluster, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, can't, I can't look up stats and, and, and talk about my thing at the same time. I'm, I'm I got you, man. You'll, you'll see the stats. You'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, Russ. You, you got a point. Uh, so, yeah, my number... My number where, where the fuck am I at? Four, three. three. We're three. Yeah, sorry. The, the, the whole R4 being the same really, really <laughs> fucked me up. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, my number four is... <laughs> uh, number three, excuse me. Uh, Super Bowl Forty Three, uh, historic win for one. Okay, yeah, yeah, historic because because this one did tie. No, I'm sorry, not tie. They got they got the Super Bowl record because of this game, uh, and this was the last play before the end of the half. Is the James Harrison interception? Yeah. James Harrison, his prime was he was absolutely just a monster on on the on the front. Uh, and you know he's playing like he's you know they're the Cardinals are driving they're at I think like like the one, like the one yard line to score before the half. James Harrison, you feel like he's gonna rush the pass, but he drops back in coverage. Warner throws the pick, and you see this like massive dude trek the one hundred yards to the other end zone because yeah, you know, once he had it, everyone's in like go mode, and like the whole time you're yeah. watching, you're just like, oh my god, this dude, this dude is gonna fucking die. <laughs> this dude is gonna, this dude is gonna die, and like we're we're gonna see like have like a heart attack. And thing is, it was so close to you, so close to not making. Cause like Fitzgerald, who's like yeah, slimmer guy, receiver, much faster, he was able yeah. to get, he was able to get to him and like bring him down. Only reason, only reason he, he only reason he can't have a touchdown is because he was on top of Fitzgerald, so he could he yeah. couldn't be downed. Uh, but yeah, like that's. To me, is one of the greatest plays I've ever seen by a, by a defender in the in the postseason, and I think that really cemented James Harrison as just an outstanding, outstanding talent. And yes, to to your to your point, I will I will admit Ben's performance in Bowl Forty was not great, but I'm not saying. The, but also, what's that line? Let me hear it. What what line? Let me hear the let me hear his stats. What are his stats? Uh, nine for twenty one for one hundred twenty three. Uh, he had any picks? Uh, two. You didn't have any picks? Okay, two. Just check, just checking. But again, but, but he, didn't, he didn't win. He didn't win MVP off of that. He didn't win MVP. All, all good, all good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not right, saying it. this is like a, this is like a great performance. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time. Yeah. Okay. Now with that, we're gonna go to number two, I guess. Yeah, number two. Get, 
We're getting heated here. Um, I my uh, the last time I watched my team actually win a Super Bowl, the 49ers and Chargers. Jesus, yeah, um, it's been a while. I remember the 1994-95 season. Um, we almost ended up playing because the Chargers beat the uh, Steelers. We would have had the Niners and Steelers in the Super Bowl. Um, that was the NFL record fifth Super Bowl. We were the first of five. Um, and that was you it right the there um, with that blowout at San Diego. Uh, six Steve Young touchdowns. Um, just really solidifying him as a, a great quarterback and finally getting the you know, the chip off of his shoulder, the monkey off the back um, is the, the phrase that they used a lot during that Super Bowl just because he was always in the shadow of Montana. Um, him coming out on his own and actually winning a Super Bowl, I think really just kind of planted his stake in NFL lore of being one of the, one of the great quarterbacks. So got to got to represent my Niners there with their uh, the last Super Bowl win, I believe. Hey, but still, long, you know, long time ago. Going from going from I got Mon- to watch it. Going from Montana to Young, pretty fucking, pretty yeah. fucking awesome. Pretty decent, yeah. I mean, no shit, man. You go go back back to back Hall of Famers, kind of like the Packers going from Brett Favre <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers, and then Aaron Rodgers going to Denver going and what a Super Bowl like wherever <laughs> wherever the hell he's going. <laughs> Gotta win a Super Bowl like Peyton Manning that I got right. <laughs> Uh, my number two is going to be one you brought up earlier, the David Tyree okay. helmet catch. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the fact, just you know, watching that play in real time, like you said, it is baffling because you think like, okay, this, this play is done. Eli Manning's going. Eli down. Manning's done. He's yeah. Done. Like, he, he's fucked. He's he's going down. Uh, but you, then you see him, like you said, he just th- he just throws it up. He's like, you know, fuck it. Someone's down there. And this dude, David Tyree, like, who the hell is who the hell is that? I'll tell you who he's going to be. He has a Trivial Pursuit question. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just like grabs it, just pins it to his helmet. You see the Patriots player literally trying to just punch it out of his hands. And, he, <laughs> and, and that ball does not fucking move. he won't let go. No. And it's, yeah, and, and just like to, to, to snowball off of it. I mean, the Patriots are literally just beat this team the last game of the season. Um, they played the Giants the last game of the season. I remember that was a lot of shit that they got because I remember they were starting their starters. Obviously, they were going to chase perfection. Why wouldn't you? Um, and this was the team that, that, that you know, that that's the team. This is the 19-1 team, man. Um, and it just it was a huge upset. And it just it's a, it's a shame that we didn't get to see an undefeated Super Bowl run, you know, during our lifetime. Yeah. Um, and yeah, fun fact about that. That was the last pass David Tyree would ever catch in the NFL. <laughs> not, a, not a surprise. Not a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> not a surprise. Who the hell is that? It doesn't matter. Like I said, he could be a trivial pursuit question or like a bar, a random trivia, bar a random question. bar trivia question for yeah. sure. All right. Um, uh, Russell, you're number one. Super Bowl moment. Number, number one, man. I don't think it's a, a secret. It's the Falcons-Patriot game, man. I mean, when this team is completely dead to rights, dead to right, I'm saying, not even like the 49ers and Ravens, but I mean, there's this team had no business of even like coming back to even tie the game, let alone take it to overtime and winning. Um, it's just uh, one of the greatest comebacks I've ever watched live unfold, between, you know, before my eyes. And literally, um, that Julian Edelman catch, just everything, you know, Tom Terrific, just, you know, just feeding off of the moment. Uh, Gronk making some big catches. Um, and they just, they never gave up. I mean, that, that's the thing, you know, they, they got the two point conversions when they needed to. Uh, and, and to tie this thing up and take it in overtime, man, it's just shattering. I can only imagine being a, a Falcons fan, the, the, the sheer, like, just the feeling of that. How do you come back from that? Like, uh, I just, I don't know, you know, you just don't know. Um, but, uh, it was you one had, of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen. You had a 25 point lead 
and you, going like almost extinguishing the third quarter. And you blew it. No, because of I, I don't even treat I don't even treat the Patriots to this. I treat this to, to bad play calling on your boy. Gosh, oh, hey, uh, hey, can we have a runner up? Can I talk about the uh, the Kansas City choke? The Kansas City's 49er choke there, uh, the awful play calling they gave the Chiefs the Super Bowl a couple years ago. I mean, can't, can't, yeah. Kyle Shanahan uh, blowing games. It is, it, it is tradition, and you're you're lighting that deal for quite some time. You know what, though, honestly, we've had some we've had some great runs though the last handful of years. I, I really can't complain from where we were at. I mean, of course, we were actually in a good spot too though after you know Harbaugh left. Um, I, I don't know. It's just it's been a fun decade of football in San Francisco. Finally, after you know a lot of struggling there in the early two thousands, and many many uh, different jerseys I bought of uh, starting quarterbacks. Tim Rattay. I have a Tim Rattay jersey. I'm probably yeah. the only person that owns one. Tim Rattay. Tim Rattay. Yeah. I I don't know where the hell it's at, but I I got Alex Smith jersey when he was drafted. Um, I have that. But yeah. Anyway. I got to go Falcons Pats. I mean, just just uh, it's one of the greatest comebacks I've ever watched, and, and, my, and a big game, I should say. My number one is uh, from another one from a game I brought up earlier. Uh, it is the San Antonio Holmes catches about forty three. I figured you were. I figured that was going to be a pie for you. This is the greatest catch in the history of the NFL. I'm going to say it right now, the greatest uh, catch uh, of all. Really? Time. No. Really? Here's here's why. Better than One. the catch? Better than the catch. Here's why. Better than, better than the catch, too? Because, no. First of all, the stakes could not be higher. Super Bowl, Pittsburgh to win this thing, win a record six Super Bowl. The game-winning drive. Then you had the throw, which is like in it's perfect laser to the back corner. And you, you have three defenders there. Ben put, like I say, Ben puts it in a place where either Santonio San is going to get it or nobody. It's going on a bounce, yeah. And he leaps up, just like catches it like he's like grabbing a baby out of midair, and manages to bring both toes down in, inside the end zone. Like that is, that is like undoubtedly the greatest catch of all time, if not top, top like top two, easy. I gotta go, Joe Montana to Dwight Clark. But no, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> the, the stakes, and that's a, that's a great catch. That's a great catch. But the stakes, I think, elevate uh, this one to being the greatest. And yeah. I think, yeah, the difference between the, the you know the, the the six the six ring teams. You yeah. remember plays from Super Bowl Forty Three, which was a historic Super Bowl, where you look at the Patriots six Super Bowl, one of the most boring, dull, lifeless games of football well, I've ever because, witnessed. Because because the Rams weren't any good. I the, I mean not, I don't know. Let's not act like the Patriots are doing anything either. Like no, they, they they didn't. I mean, it was a very dismal Super Bowl, but I mean, the Patriots say. did enough to win a Super Bowl, this you know. Super, Super Bowl 43. I mean, I was already a Pittsburgh fan before that. But that really cemented like, oh yeah, this is this is my team. This will be my team forever. So, yeah. Yeah, those were our top 10 Super Bowl moments of all time, but yeah, this is showing over. Yeah, we still got tons to talk about. Uh, yeah, and next. you're only 47 minutes into Lord of the Rings: The Return <laughs> of the King. So, uh, yeah. yeah. There we go. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it let's rolling. Keep, let's keep let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> Uh, next, well, next, next segment is our trailer talk. And speaking of Lord of the Rings, let's let's talk about the trailer. Ooh, look the at that segue! First trailer. That was gonna be my first, but you know, you gave me the segue, and I'm taking it. The Lord, oh boy. the Super Bowl gave us a lot of trailers. One of which was the Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power. Oh uh, yeah, so this is our first look at Amazon's Lord of the Rings series. This is gonna be a prequel to the Tolkien novels and you know, by, by proxy Peter Jackson movies. Uh so thousands of years before the events of, of uh, both Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. 
and it uh, basically begins in a time of peace and covers uh, all the major events in Middle Earth's Second Age: the forging of the Rings of Power, the rise of Sauron, the fall of the Kingdom of, you know, the fall the fall of Kingdom of uh, Numenor, excuse me, and the last line and the last line between the elves and men uh, has a. I'm not gonna say it has an all-star cast because I don't know I don't know anybody in this except for you know uh, Saint Maud. Uh, do you ever, did you ever watch Saint Maud? No, and you know what? It was one of those movies I was so hyped of watching, and then I recommended it to somebody. They watched it, and they said it wasn't good, so it deterred me from watching it. But I need to go back. I need to like actually watch it because you should, uh, you should check it out. Because uh, I love A twenty four, and I I loved I loved seeing this preview. So yeah, I, yeah. I need to maybe uh, do that. She's in this. She's playing Galadriel, but a lot of newcomers and. It's really, it's really to show off, you know, like the, the look of the show and the scale of it, because you know this is this is something Amazon clearly is banking on being a big hit. They've already renewed it for a second season before the first season even premiered. So, uh, Russell, what did you think of the first look for the Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power? I'm down. Um, you could really tell they spent a lot of money, um, just, uh, just spectacle-wise. I mean, it looks you get the feel right back to you know Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I don't really say much about the hobbit because i only watched like the first one or the second one and then they got really bored they're like super boring and i really can't get through those um first or God, second. I, that's not, not a good sign n- no not not a good I, the, the fellowship two towers and return of the king are my more of my jam um but i'm totally down for this uh i just i i love the lord of the rings the the and you know the whole world that you know tolkien created what peter jackson brought to the screen in 01 just to bring that whole entire book to life um I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Amazon's really, they're all in. They're stacking all their chips in. Um, it, it looks like it, and I'm on board. It, it looks really exciting. They got Black Hill, They got Black Hill Middle Earth finally. There <laughs> you go. Only took only took them. What happened to all of them? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think I think this actually looks looks really great. You can see where it took inspiration yeah. from the of course, of course the. I mean, yeah. when people think of Lord of the Rings, often they think of the Jackson films, so they do take their inspiration from the Jackson films. But they yeah. they are like taking it in their own direction as well. So I'm, I'm really excited to see to see this as well. Uh, yeah. This is set for a premiere on uh, September second, twenty twenty two. Uh, yeah, like no Labor Day word, weekend. Yeah, no word, no word on whether it's going to be uh, on full day release or uh, week by week. I'd imagine week by week, but I'm not positive. That's that's what I would I would go with that one too. Yeah, but either way, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Despite the fact that I don't like the title. <laughs> yeah, I mean it could be like yeah. Just call it whatever. Just, just call it Middle Earth: The Rings of Power. You don't need the rings back to back. Yeah, it's just whatever. Rings squared. Uh, next thing we're talking about is fresh. So Ooh. Fresh is a upcoming movie uh, directly uh, releasing to Hulu, and it's about a woman who begins dating a begins dating a man played by Sebastian Stan, who uh, may have some unusual, uh, you know, some odd tendencies. Uh, Can you say uh, you you the movie almost? It looks like almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Russell, what do you think of the first trailer for Fresh? Sure, we'll go with it. It looks okay. Um, I just hate when they do that stuff. Oh, then you you you're uh, the first half hour, then your jaws on the floor and it didn't move since or something like that. It, like it's basically showing like after the first half hour, of this movie, everything you think you're watching is gonna the the whole world's gonna come come crashing down, and this movie's gonna shock you. So you've already thrown that out. You've kind of spoiled that, which kind of sucks because you know I think watching this blindly and then having it come out and shock you, I think would be more shocking. I'm just saying, just saying, just saying. But anyway, it looks good. 
uh, I am on board with it, but you know what I'm saying. It just it, it kind of ruins that by by saying that you're almost looking out for it too much now, you know? Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. Uh, apparently, but apparently this, this crush at Sundance, that's what had its premiere. Got really great. Okay. Got really great reviews there. So then, but and Hulu picked it up. Uh, but yeah, no, I am actually really, I'm actually really looking forward to this. I think this looks fun. I think I think this looks kind of like weird and crazy, and I like Sebastian Stan's yeah. actors, so definitely looking forward to seeing what he uh, has, what what he has, what they have to show us. And this set for like this going to release directly on Hulu, March fourth, twenty twenty two. So if you're not watching the Batman, there you go. This is or or you've come home from Batman, or you're going to watch something. Batman. You've come home. You from said you. You said, "Hey, three hours isn't enough. I need, I need some more cinema time in my yeah, life." Yeah, any more yeah. movie. I feel got? good. I feel, I feel good. Uh, I went to the midnight showing. It's three a.m. now, three thirty when I roll in. I need something to watch. Give me that fresh, feeling fresh. <laughs> yeah. Next show we're talking about uh, all right. is for men. So, Men is a movie that I actually didn't know about uh, until uh, the trailer because this is this is the latest film from director Alex Garland. Uh, his first film since Annihilation back in 2018 hasn't had a, hasn't had a feature film since, and uh, basically what this is about is uh, um, it's about a woman played by Jessie Buckley who, after the death of her husband, uh, decides to go on a solo vacation when where things just start happening. Uh, like I said, yep. it has a pretty small cast featuring uh, just Jessie Buckley and maybe some others. I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, Russell, what did you think of the first trailer for Men? I mean, anything A24, this is an A24 film too. Yep. I believe, yes. Okay. Yeah, anything A24. Um, I like Garland. Um, I like the Annihilation okay. Um, I didn't like but I just like. Ex- I like. I like the trailer. I, I like this trailer, though. I, I just. I like it because it, it, it leaves you wanting more. Um, and it's it's A24 ish watching this trailer. You know what I mean? It, it's just. It's something that you would expect A24 to do. Um, not a whole lot to what the hell's going on. Uh, it, there's a lot of bizarre mystery to it, but it, I like, I don't know. I feel like it just the the short trailer that it is. It, it kind of enwraps you a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah. I, I I do I do agree. And you know, cause yeah. I, I, I like Garland. I think he's a great filmmaker. Uh, I, I, I didn't love Annihilation either. I liked it. That was that was that was good. But yeah, I wanted more from yeah. it. Again, yeah. Again, I, I, but I really love Ex Machina. <laughs> I think that movie is excellent. Uh, so, but yeah, this is a guy who I mean, he clearly has a, a great eye for directing. So I'm, I was excited to see what his next movie was. I didn't think we get we get, I didn't think we get we get it this year. Uh, but yeah, I'm yeah. definitely excited for that. And I, and I like Jesse Buckley as an actress. So definitely looking forward to this. Uh, set for a release on May twentieth, twenty twenty two. Next show we're talking about is for Father Stew. Uh, so Father Stew is remarkably based on a true story. About a boxer turned priest, uh, oh boy, who begins to start to suffer from a um, degenerative muscle disorder, and then has to continue, you know, being, you know, being a priest and doing his thing uh, while slowly dying. Uh, this has a cast that features Mark Wahlberg as titular priest, which, when you look up the real guy, looks nothing like him. <laughs> Uh, also features Jackie Weaver and Mel Gibson as his dad. Sugar tits himself. Sugar tits himself. You can't. You can't make this up. They're reunited again since Daddy's Home Two. Oh yeah. They're 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 reunited now. They are reunited. Also also playing also playing his dad in this too. Just there you have it, man. But yeah. Uh, so Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Father Stew? 
I liked it. His saw a lot of weird tur- twists and turns in this movie, though, man. It's so weird. It's such a. It's weird like trick. he's a boxer. He's like, yeah, we're gonna go to a boxer. We're going to Hollywood, and we're into an accident. Now we want to be a priest. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? What is going on? And the only thing that's gonna work apparently is your wiener. <laughs> but, but he's, he's going to be a priest. A he priest. can't use his wiener. Can't use it. What are you doing? Uh, but uh, sure. I, I mean, it looks good. Though. It looks like some solid performances from Wahlberg. Uh, and I think that's what we were talking about before. Just like actors coming in and taking roles that you wouldn't expect them to take. You know, Wahlberg, I mean, has done a little bit of everything. I think he's really tested himself as an actor. Um, this kind of reminds me of almost like a Joe Bell uh, a movie. Kind of does, I know actually. it has it has a Joe Bell vibes to it. I agree, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I like what he's doing. I like these darker roles that he's taking. Um, it's just it's something different that you, I don't, you wouldn't think Wahlberg would challenge himself with as an actor. Um, and Mel, it's always nice to see Mel Gibson, dude. I, as much as we bat on the guy, though, uh, he's he's a great actor and he's fun. Um, he's definitely you know when he's in the movie. You know what I mean? Um, oh, you definitely. And he looks in the movie. <laughs> And he like, but he looks like he's throwing in a solid performance, man. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this movie, honestly. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, this is set. Father Stew is set for a release on. Let's see, eight, let's see, I think it's in April. Would it be on a Sunday in April? <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, uh, April fifteenth, twenty twenty-two. Uh, up next, the trailer we're, t- we're looking at next is going to be for Hustle. So Hustle is an Adam Sandler Netflix movie, but before you turn off, it's not what you think. Because Hustle is a sports drama about a former basketball scout who tries to revive his career by recruiting a player with a checkered pass from overseas to play in the NBA. Uh, Sandler will star uh, as the uh, main uh, scout. Has a cast also features Queen Latifah, Ben Foster, Robert Duvall, and real-life NBA player Juan Juancho Erna Gomez, who is uh, yeah, he's an active NBA player. He plays for the Jazz right now. Uh, so, Russell, what did you think of the trailer for Hustle? I liked it. Uh, I did. I liked it. Uh, um, I know, you know, Adam Sandler's a huge, huge basketball fan. So, and, and, and basketball connoisseur, I should say. Um, so it made sense that he was going to take this route eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you always see YouTube videos of him like randomly playing pickup games with people in New York. I think it's kind of cool that he does that. Um, I don't know. It just looks good. It looks like like he's really rebounding. No pun intended. Ha ha. Uh, his his career though as a serious actor. You know what I mean? Like not so much the you know the Hoobie Halloween shit. Uh, Jack and Jill. You know what I mean? It's like some serious stuff. Ever since Uncut Gems, he really seems to try to find his his uh, his footing and his more serious. Roles. Well, it's funny because Huey, Huey Halloween came out after <laughs> Uncut Gems. Yeah, so yeah, so I completely discredited my comment. So uh, let's let's. Uh, but but yeah. I, I, I get what you mean. He's trying to do more, more <laughs> serious stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, it's, I think the trailer looks good. But I think like the big signifier of what's going to be is the fact that Ben, both Ben Foster and Robert Duvall agreed to be in this. Yeah, and Robert Duvall, man, he's in his, he's close to got to be in his nineties. He's pretty old. Uh, Ninety-one. He is in his nineties. Yeah, see, I I was oof, I was really rolling the dice on that one. I was like, he's got to be in his nineties. Oh, but yeah. uh, LeBron James, good to, LeBron James is a producer on this as well, so you know, like, like I'm really gonna get his, his NBA stuff right. And yeah, yeah. For some reason. <laughs> I mean, for not for some reason. I mean, basketball's great, but like Adam Sandler just like really loves basketball. Yeah, you get Spike Lee in it, dude. I mean, like, or yeah, get Spike Lee, you get, get Jack Nicholson, get Billy Crystal. Yeah, dude. I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it big. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, this is set for release uh, exclusively on Netflix and set for release on June 10th, 2022. Next trailer we're talking about is for Firestarter. So Firestarter is the second adaptation of the Stephen King novel. Uh, this is about a young a young girl who must a young girl who has pyrokinesis and his fa- her father played by Zac Efron is trying to protect her from the government who wants to capture her and use her for you know, whatever the government uses her for. First off, let me say I think it's kind of crazy that Zac Efron has now officially graduated to dad status. Dude, I thought the same shit. Dude, I was like, man, that makes me feel even older. Um, yeah. Completely crazy. The fact that Zach Efron is now getting cast as fathers. Yeah. Um, Completely crazy. Have you ever seen the original Firestarter? I have not. This one with Drew Barrymore, I believe, right? Yeah, one of her one of her early roles. Uh, I did not see it. Have you? I have. It's okay. Yeah, I just I stay away from early early Stephen King shit. Just doesn't look appeasing to watch. You know what I mean? I think the earliest I went maybe was uh, I want to say Carrie. Well, I mean, you can't go any earlier, earlier than Carrie. <laughs> That was the first. Oh, wait, because Carrie was the first one, wasn't it? Yeah. You no. literally cannot go earlier than Carrie. There you have it, then, see? I went as early as you could then, I guess, apparently. Um, there's just some of the movies I just, I haven't, I don't know, just have never had, like, a, a desire to watch. Uh, but what did you, you think of the trailer for Firestarter? I did like it, though. I mean, it reminded me of, like, a, I felt like I was watching, like, an X-Men type movie, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they do call it out, like, she's the world's first superhero. Yeah, like it's almost like a like a man of steel. Like you have to live with your powers. You have to learn how to live with them and 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 only use them. But like you're letting him use it against bad people. So you're actually welcoming them to go ahead and do harm to bad people. Which I mean, I get. It's almost like a bright burn. Uh, yeah, like it's bright a, bright burn was what yeah. I thought of in this. Yeah, like a bright burn movie. But um, I I dug it. I did I did like it. Um, I did feel old seeing that now Zac Efron is now a father in movies now. So um, yeah. There's that. Yeah, you, you can you can play dads, and it's kind of it's kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, is that seeing, seeing Kurtwood Smith in a big in a big movie again? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think this looks great. Uh, I think yeah, Firestarter in terms of like Stephen King movies that have been done before, I think was ripe for an adaptation or for like a readaptation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do like, like it's so bad, but I do kind of like the line "liar, liar, pants on fire." <laughs> I mean, that was that was that was actually perfect though. Was, I mean, it, it, it's such yeah. a bad line, but God it, damn. it it lends itself perfectly though. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's it's Blumhouse, so you know this is made on the cheap. So you know, all it's got to do, all it's got to do is you know, a couple do- couple you know, couple million dollars. Pe- and we're good. People people pay Jason Blum to be in this movie. That's how how crazy it was. That's, that's how crazy it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is uh, set for a release on May thirteenth, twenty twenty two. Uh, next trailer we're talking about, going back to Netflix, uh, we are talking about The Atom Project. So The Atom Project is an upcoming sci-fi film directed by Sean Levy for Netflix. Uh, it's about a a, uh, a a man, played by Ryan Reynolds, who goes back in time to recruit his younger self in order to do something that's supposed to save the future. Uh, like I said, Ryan Reynolds stars as the older version of the titular Adam. Uh, has a cast that also includes Mark Ruffalo as Ryan Reynolds' dad, which I don't know. Hulk being Deadpool's dad, which is funny because it's Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner. So we already got thirteen going on thirty. Electra going on. You got Electra. You also have Electra too. Yeah, Electra. So you know, yeah. Hulk and Electra they bang and they make Deadpool. So that's. Something that happens, and I don't. Okay, yeah. like I, I do, I don't buy that this kid is gonna. Well, it's funny. It's funny when you like you, you see like the kid coming face face with older self. It's like it's like, God damn, I yeah. get hot. 
but yeah, so Russell, what do you think of the trailer for the Adam Project? Uh, it looked, I mean, it looked okay. Um, definitely get like a lot of free guy vibes to it. Obviously, that's what they were going for with the producers. I think of this. Well, Sean, Le- Sean Levy, he, he, he oh, Sean Levy directed, didn't he? he? Directed this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you definitely get the vibes for it. Um, but it looks, it looks good enough. Um, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, anything that uh, Ryan Reynolds is in, uh, he can pretty much command your attention anyway. So I mean, it, it looks okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it looks fine. I think the I think the idea itself looks looks interesting enough, and yeah. I, I like Sean Levy as a filmmaker. I really did like Free Guy. I thought that was a really fun movie. I did too. So yeah, uh, I'm actually really looking forward to, to the release of this. And plus, you know, I like that Netflix is trying to get into you know some more. Man, Netflix they they they, they bring the stars out. They really yeah bring they're, the stars they're out. not messing around not messing around. Uh, and this is set for a release on March 11th, 2022. Next trailer we're talking about is for Deep Water. So Deep Water is a movie that that was originally supposed to come out in like 2020. Yeah, supposed to come out November 13th of 2020. This movie was delayed so badly that Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas dated, broke up, and now he's back with J-Lo. Yeah, that's that is great. I was pretty sure when I saw the trailer, I'm like, I thought they dated. They did. Yeah. Okay. And Ben Affleck is noticeably thinner now than he was in this. Oh, you know, he still he still looks good, but he is like he looks he looks great now. Oh, he's he should probably just stay with Arnon de Armas, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, I mean, you, look, it's not de Armas or Jaylo. You're, you're not really losing either way. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, she, she was married to Jennifer Gardner. The guy just slays it. I mean, yeah, but shit, Ben Ben Affleck, ben Affleck must have like magic down there. Because he does, or like a magic like Gene Simmons tongue. <laughs> I don't know. Something's going on, Something's dude. Something's going but, on I, there. I, I, I love. I do love. We love Ben Affleck, man. Oh, I, I, just, I, I do yeah. love Ben Affleck, but like, it's, he, just, yeah. he just pulls these like beautiful women. Like, it's it's kind of weird. He it's just, just he's just so subtle though. Like I, I don't know. It's just like it, I I like to have his his confidence. You know. Yeah. He's just he's, he's just a. I don't, I don't know. He's just I, I don't he's want just a, always. I don't want like, his alcoholism, but I like his confidence. No, no, I I can party my own, you know. I, I don't need his alcoholism, but I I can hold my own. But, but anyways, uh, deep water. Uh, deep water is about a married <laughs> couple who have fallen out of love with each other and begin playing deadly mind games against each other. And one of them may or may not have gone too far. Uh, like I said, Uh-oh. it features uh, Ben Affleck and Darren as the married couple. It features Tracy Letts, Lil Rel Howery, Thin Whit Rock, among others. Uh, this is like going to be. It was going to be a theatrical film, but you know, COVID delayed it, so it's now been shuffled to Hulu. Uh, only cost about fifty million dollars to make, so they're not taking. They're not taking a huge loss on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what did you? What do you think of the trailer for this, Russell? I really liked it. I honestly did. I'm not just saying because Affleck's in it. I mean, I would have seen it either way, but um, I like it. I'm kind of curious to see what happens. The, the trailer gives you just enough wanting more, though. You know. No, I, I I agree too. I I agree as well. I mean, uh, Adrian Adrian Lin's director is directing here. Uh, he has not directed a film since this is his first film in twenty years. <laughs> Hasn't done anything since Unfaithful in two thousand two. And Unfaithful was a fantastic and movie. I really, too, by the way. I really do like Unfaithful. <laughs> Love that movie, dude. Like honestly, like just the acting of it. Like just real sh- shout out to Diane Lane. Like when she's first cheating on her husband, how she's like shaking because she's so nervous, like to do that. It's just it's it was just fantastic acting they got all around. Richard oh, Gere's oh. fantastic. Diane Lane's fucking incredible. Oh, just a fantastic movie. Yeah, direct movies like you know Fatal Attraction, Nine and a Half Weeks, uh, Unfaithful. Like he's, he's a really solid director, especially when it becomes you know it's kind of like, like complicated, you know, like 
like marriage thrillers like this. So yeah, I think oh, I think yeah. this is pretty sweet. I'm excited to see his, his his return to this. So yeah, I am definitely really looking forward to Deep Water and set for a release on March 18th of 2022. Next show we're talking about something. Speaking of directors who have taken a long hiatus who are coming back, uh, we have the first trailer for Elvis. So Elvis, as you can imagine, is the is the biopic of rock and roll legend Elvis Presley, uh, going from his uh, you know his child days to king of rock and roll and becoming a you know a movie star as well. Although you know I'll be very disappointed if this does not include uh, you know the ch- the chubby days of Elvis. That, oh, that's, wait. that's what I'm paying oh. for. Oh wait a minute! You're talking about Pie Elvis? Yes, uh, three, the original <laughs> three point one four one three point one four diet user. Your your former hunka hunka burning love Elvis, right? Yeah, more more the, the 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 hunka hunk, hunka hunka burger love Elvis. Oh yeah, hunka hunka pie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Russell, what did what did you, okay? Because like I I have a very <laughs> I have a very very pronounced feeling about this. What did you think of the trailer for Elvis? You're, you're gonna call me crazy. I love the. I honestly did. I you're gonna call you're, me. Com- I don't think you're crazy, but but I'm, I'm gonna get to my feelings in a second. Go ahead. Um, Larman's perfect for it. I, I think honestly, I think the world that he creates, just how he is as a flashy uh, actor or a, a flashy director, like you know your Moulin Rouge, your Great Gatsby. Um, you know, I just I think he's perfect for this. I I, I really do. I, I think that you know just the whole entire glitz and glam of of Elvis's life. I think it's perfect. I think he's a perfect person to tackle this. Um, I don't know. I'm down. I, I really, I really am. I, I, lo- I loved the trailer when I first saw it. Yeah. Bottom line. I do not trust Baz Luhrmann with this source of material. <laughs> I don't trust him with any source of material. Uh, I know, honestly, but I, I, I just, I, I, I like, I love Elvis's director. music. So like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm down on this one. Not to mention, I feel like he's, like, he's uh, I'm like not a great director when it comes to actors. Like, like Tom Hanks in this feels like he's in a completely different movie. <laughs> Tom Hanks was taken from some different film. Tom, he was spli- He was spliced into this. I, I swear, it's like Tom Hanks thought he was making like a remake of Goldfinger, and he's playing Eric Goldfinger. Yeah, it's like yeah, but I, honestly, I just think he's perfect for the glitz and glamour that Elvis Presley was. I, I don't know. I do think it's ironic that the like the first big bit of music is. Something that was done by a black artist because like I, I'm like I recognize the guitar solo. It's the guitar solo from fucking Come Together by uh, Gary Clark Jr. His, his cover yeah. of the song. Yeah. I'm like okay, yeah, that's, that's actually kind of ironic. But uh, and also the only uh, only Elvis song they play is a song that he did cover from somebody else. So again, kind of facing the big myth of you know Elvis, the fact that he did. Get, in fact, that Elvis is basically the biggest case of cultural of cultural appropriation in the history of mankind. But keep in mind, he did get his his uh, his start with gospel and stuff like that, though. Too, you know what he, I mean? He did. So a lot of, I mean, okay, I'm I, super I, interested I, in this. I, though. I, I, I don't I'm know. Not like, I'm not like I'm not like I'm not one of those black people that like hates Elvis Presley. I like I like Elvis. Not like a massive yeah. guy, but I do like Elvis. Um, but yeah, no, I'm actually I'm I'm interested to see this again. You know, if you had anybody else attached to this, but I'd be. I'd be, I'd be a little more curious. Like, if you had, like, Dexter Fletcher yeah. on board, I'd be like, okay, yeah, fuck yeah, awesome. But, yeah, Boz Lerman really puts me on edge for this. I really feel like he's going to – I feel like he will find a way to fuck this up. I don't know. I just feel like he's going to catapult this. I don't know. I know. Call me crazy, but, but I just – I, 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 I don't honestly, know. I just I, – I, uh, oh, I'm shit. hopeful. Oh, shit. Gary Clark Jr. is in this. Never mind. Movie of the year. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I think that uh, – I honestly think that this could be like the next Bohemian Rhapsody. For that's what I'm, what I'm thinking. Only like I'd rather that guy win than Robbie Malik. I mean, we haven't <laughs> we haven't we haven't seen the movie yet. He could be terrible. 
Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't have, shouldn't have beat uh, Bradley Cooper. Should we'll just have, leave it at that. Should not have beat Cooper, but either way. Uh, this is set for a release on June 24th, 2022. Likely going to be a big event movie for the, sum- for the summer. Uh, next thing we're talking about is uh, <laughs> getting into some, uh, some bigger stuff. Uh, it is the first trailer for Jurassic World Dominion. Uh-oh. We had the prologue. This is the first official trailer. And if Russell, this is going to be the movie. It's going to ask the most burning question: Can humans and dinosaurs coexist? Because Lord knows we have been answering that movie, that question <laughs> again. It's 1993. Yeah, basically, this takes place four years after the destruction of, of like, the new bar. So four years after the end of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Uh, you know, dino- dinosaurs live; they hunt alongside humans. Uh, but the balance is starting to shift. <laughs> Whether uh, you know, they're starting to shift, and dinosaurs might start to take over the planet. Who knows? Uh, this set, uh, you know, has a lot of turning cast members from the other Jurassic World films, including Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, the little kid Hitler, uh, <laughs> the little kid, the little kid, uh, <laughs> the little kid genocidal maniac. <laughs> uh, but also has some, uh, you know, some new ca- old cast members. You know, because Jeff Gold, we got Jeff Gold coming back. We got Sam Neill coming back. Got Laura Dern coming back. Every it was a big reunion all around, and this is as being the epic conclusion to the Jurassic Park saga. Now, Russell, I'm going to say the first thing that's on your mind because on my mind too. Where's yeah. Vegas? Uh, we, we, we listen. Were, we, were we, promised, I don't get, uh, we were promised Vegas. If I don't get a dinosaur in Vegas, I'm going to be pissed. We do not get dinosaurs in Vegas. We're asking, we're asking my money back. Yeah, because so you don't end that movie. Uh, was that at a teaser? Wasn't that a, uh, that, that was a post-credit a, scene? P- post-credit scene. Yeah. If, if that doesn't happen, I mean, I'm, it's it's all for naught for me. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think of the trailer for Jurassic World Dominion? I mean, I liked it enough. I, I'm I'm like whatever with it. You know what I mean? Like, let's just let's just get these movies over with type thing right now. You know what I mean? Let's just, yeah. Let's just, let's just go. <laughs> I mean, let's just sure. Let's just let's just be done with it. Yeah. Colin Trevorrow returns to direct this one. Uh, I, maybe I'm just a sucker. I'm, well, I am a bit of a sucker. I, I don't think it's going to be good, but the trailer did sell me. I'm like, I do like I the mean, trailer. I mean, I, I'm going to go see it. I just, uh, I don't like, know. I'm just like, eh, despite, with it, you know, whatever. how fucking stupid some of these ideas are. Like fucking Chris Pratt driving the streets of Rome with raptors? Like, no, no, fuck you, no. It's like, no, you're driving the street of Vegas with raptors. Vegas is a different story. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is, but it's sure, this movie is surely going to make all the money because both previous Jurassic Worlds did make all the money, and this oh, is yeah. set for a release on June tenth, twenty twenty-two. Next trailer we're talking about is for Chippendale Rescue Rangers. So, a movie based on the uh, Saturday, the uh, Disney afternoon hit Chippendale Rescue Rangers has been in the works for a long time. A lot of us assumed it was going to be, you know, just a feature-length adaptation of the show. That's not exactly what we got here. <laughs> so in mm-hmm. this universe, Chippendale, Chippendale Rescue Rangers is a show that was done by cartoon characters, thinking you know, a la Roger Rabbit. In fact, Roger Rabbit is in this trailer. It's another, you know, it's a world where humans and cartoons do exist, co side by side. So 30 years later, uh, 30 years after the uh, Rescue Rangers series is done, uh, Chip and Dale don't really speak, uh, but they come back together because a cast member of the original series has gone missing, so they must reunite and become real life Rescue Rangers in order to kind of save the day. Uh, has a cast that features uh, John Mulaney as Chip, Andy Samberg as Dale, also starring uh, Kiki Lane, Will Arnett, Eric Bana, Flula Borg, Keegan-Michael Key, 
uh, among others. So, uh, Russell, did you ever watch Rescue Rangers growing up? I actually did. You did? I did. Yeah, I did. Okay, so uh, as, a, as a fan of Rescue Rangers, what, what, what did you think of this trailer? A little nostalgic, a little bit. Monterey Jack uh, with the cheese, man. That's that's cool stuff. Which I don't I, know. Which I, I I think that's Eric Bana voicing him. Is it? I dude, I'm down. I I am. The, I, I saw I mean, it. I'm, I'm just I'm, like, I'm just, eh. guessing, I'm just guessing. He's the only Australian. He's the Australian. He's the only Australian in this cast. I, I I'm down. I don't know. I just I watched it. I love the Lonely Island guys. Um, it looks it looks funny. It, it looks good. I, I'm down. Yeah, directed by uh, Akiva Schaefer of the Lonely Island. I think this list looks this looks really good. This looks really interesting. I think, yeah. like I said, it does look Roger Rabbit esque, and I do like the concepts that, that were done there. Shit, MC yeah, Scat, check MC check Scat out our episodes. MC Scat Cat and Paula Abdul are in this trailer, which is automatically weird. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that this is actually a really cool, like really metal way attacking, you know, like reboots and like you know, like that kind of culture, animation culture. Like you know, I do like the whole thing. Like, like Dale got CGI surgery, so like he's like a CGI character while Chip is still two D. Yeah, uh, I I do the like, Seth Rogen shit, dude. Yeah, the whole thing where like they're making fun of like that weird animation where like it looks real but doesn't but still doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think funny. Like really like funny and really clever. And I'm actually really looking forward to this. <laughs> so, yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, set for a release. Uh, it's gonna be a Disney Plus exclusive, which sucks. I would I totally would have paid to see this in the theater. Uh, but yeah, gonna be a Disney Plus exclusive releasing on May twentieth, twenty twenty two. Next trailer talking about is for Nope. So Nope, nope. is the Nope. <laughs> this is the it's latest. a sequel to Yep. <laughs> sequel to Yes Man. Uh, so this is the first trailer for the latest film from director Jordan Peele. Uh, not much is going on. We still know much about much about the plot for this film, other than the fact that this is going to be about a. Uh, residents of an isolated town who witness a mysterious, abnormal event. Uh, has a cast of features Danny Kaluuya, who's reaching with Jordan Peele after Get Out. Uh, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Yun, Michael Wincott's apparently in this film somewhere. Um, Russell, what did you think of the trailer for Nope? I mean, like kind of what you said, it didn't give you a whole lot, but um, I'm curious to see, obviously, what, what he does to follow up, you know, obviously us. Um I don't know. I'm, I'm on board. Like, like I said, I'm. We didn't really get a whole lot in the trailer. Um, we, some kind of like spaceship and shit. So is this gonna yeah. be like an alien type this, this thing? Feels like an alien. Um, I mean, a lot of people are speculating that Nope stands for not of planet Earth. There. Then we. Then you have that. Um, that's very creative. These people come up with that. Yeah, I mean, like the whole thing. Like, what, what? What does this mean? What does Nope mean? What's this? What's a storm cloud with a thing hanging down from it? Like, it could be like it could be an alien invasion type thing. And, I, and actually, like, huh. I think it's actually a really cool concept. I'm, I'm I, forward to I, I like being in the dark about it, though. Oh no, absolutely. Like, same thing. Like, you know, like, like he his movies cut really good trailers. Like, they're cryptic. They don't give too much away. And yeah, and they 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 leave you asking lots of questions, and that's always a good thing. And you and the only way to get those answers is you go watch the movie. There you have it. And yeah, I mean, I'm very much, I'm very much excited for this. Uh, I mean, Jordan Peele, like, I, I can't think of another filmmaker who exploded this fast. Uh, you know, to the point where, like, you know, his name alone can sell a movie. Yeah. It's been, it's been a while since like we've had a filmmaker with that kind of with that kind of drawing power. Uh, but yeah, this is set for. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it just because you know I want to know what's happening here. And this is every release on July twenty second, twenty twenty two. One of my most anticipated of the year, so I will definitely be there opening weekend. And last trailer we're talking about. This is the big one. This is the one that everyone's talking about. 
this is the first trailer for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So this is the sequel to, uh, well, a lot of things, actually. The sequel to Doctor Strange. It's the sequel to WandaVision. It's the sequel to No Way Home. <laughs> uh, Say what? It's the sequel to a lot of stuff. Uh, basically, it's about Stephen Strange dealing with repercussions of the multiverse. Oh, the sequel to Loki. <laughs> it's about him. Uh, it's, it's about him dealing with the repercussions of the of the multiverse being opened. Uh, it's been featured Benedict Cumberbatch reprising his role once again as Stephen Strange, which you know it's kind of wild the fact that you know usually like in like with sequels you want to bring up you want to bring you know closer to the first because you know you know people forget about the first. Doctor Strange is a different thing because you know despite the fact that it's been like almost what six years since this last since this first movie, yeah, he's, he's been present. Like he's been present in other things. Hey, he's like I've been here the whole time, guys. Like he, he literally has been here the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, so yeah, we see we see him like doing some stuff, you know, doing some you know sorcerer stuff, exploring the multiverse. Chiwetel Elegy Four is back as Baron Mordo. Rachel McAdams also back, so is Benedict Wong. Uh, but then you know some some things start happening. We see you know there's this kind of high you know this kind of like high council. The biggest bombshell in this trailer is you know we hear a voice saying we should t- we should tell him the truth, and it's a voice that sounds suspiciously like Sir Patrick Stewart. That's what I was. It who, absolutely sounds just like him. Who played uh, one Professor X in the Fox X Men movies? Which got people speculating: Is that Patrick Stewart? Are we crossing universes? I think he might have confirmed it's him, so there's no speculation. No, that is definitely Patrick Stewart. (laughs) Um, No mystery there. That's definitely Patrick Stewart doing stuff. Um, But yeah, so wait, Han. Let me see what he actually said. Oh, I'm sorry. No, he didn't confirm. He just said. He just said, you know, people have been imitating my voice ever since I came on stage 60 years ago. So it might not be him. Uh, but yeah, so it, you know, we see a lot of you know brief things. But here's the thing: so, so if, if say it's Patrick Stewart, if they're willing to put that in a trailer, imagine how much is in this movie that they don't want us to see. I know that's crazy. Oof. Like, like if if they're okay revealing he's coming back, like, like imagine what's what's in it that we don't know imagine about. Imagine what's not. Let's imagine what's in it that we don't know. This is craziness. Like that, like that is crazy. Uh, but yeah, no. So, uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Oh, it looks fantastic. I, I'm on board. I, I, I want to see what they do. There's so many different ideas, so many different possible characters coming that I mean we don't know about. Uh, I love Wanda. Glad she's she's back. So, yeah, there's just uh, so much, so much, so many different directions we can go. It's sorry because I've actually been wanting to rewatch WandaVision. I, I think I'm, I think I might save that for when uh, before the movie comes out. But yeah, I, 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 man, that, that, was, that was such a good show. It was such a good show. One I actually watched. I enjoyed the uh, the only one you actually watched. Yeah, yeah. I still have not watched. I haven't watched Loki. You, I haven't watched. Uh, you should watch. I, wa- I think you're really like Hawkeye. You, you, you should watch. Yeah, I, I will watch these eventually. I just there's just so much shit, chance, so much stuff. Russell, Russell, you, you you can't do that and then tell me you're like then prioritize whatever Netflix show you and your wife are watching. No, no, no. You know what? You know what we're watching right now? It's it's called the Staircase. Did you see it? It's oh. um, it's about that that author that his wife fell down the steps and he got oh. charged with the murder. Yes, I did hear about this. Yeah, it's it's like a thirteen part series. Like it's it's Russell, we're in like part Russell, part seven. These huh? shows are all six episodes. 
I know, man. I uh, I know. I, I I'd have been done with one and in one episode to another. You, yeah, Russell, I know. You could you could have finished two of these shows in the time it takes you to watch that entire one. I know. I got I gotta I gotta do better. I gotta do better. Twenty twenty two. I gotta do better. You probably should have watched Lucky before before this comes out, though. I will, I will, I will. Uh, but regardless, yeah, no, I think I think this looks great. It's one, one of my most anticipated of the year, and like it's, it's, it's directed by Sam Raimi. I think his sensibilities are perfect for this because you know, he's a, he's a great to bring like weird, crazy imagery, and you know, like those horror elements are, are really great. Yeah. Uh, I think, that, yeah, uh, Dan, Danny Elfman is coming back to the score for this. Uh, I yeah I mean he Doctor Strange has become one of my favorite characters in the in, in the entire Marvel universe. I love Benedict, what, what Benedict has been doing been doing with the character, and yeah I am very very excited to see what what the entire multiverse of madness uh, you know what the entire multiverse of madness holds when it releases on May 6, twenty twenty two. Got a prime release date too. They put that in first weekend of May. That's like they're like oh yeah we're confident release date. Yeah. Like we're not messing around. Yeah, we ain't we ain't, we ain't fucking around. Uh, that's gonna do it for our trailer talk. Now we now move on to notorious news, and you know, guys, open with sad tidings. Uh, always, you know, we gotta always salute the ones we lost, and we lost a massive, massive one. So, L <laughs> A L A won a Super Bowl. What did it cost? Ivan Reitman. Yes, not even, not even kidding. Like twenty minutes after the Rams won the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, comedic directing great Ivan Reitman passed away at the age of 75. Uh, director of tons of tons and tons of comedy classics. So, uh, Russell, I want to talk to, talk about this real quick. So, I mean, look, I know, I know your number one is uh, you know I want to talk to you about you know like uh, you know anything you want to say about Ivan Reitman and and follow up question to that. I know yeah. you, I know you love Ghostbusters. I know yeah. you love Ghostbusters. I love Ghostbusters too. Uh, I, mean, I mean Ghostbusters as well, not Ghostbusters too. Uh, Ghostbusters as well is my favorite movie he's done, but favorite movie I've, of Ivan Reitman that is not Ghost Ghostbusters. Uh, let me let me look here. Let me I'm, I'm I'm pulling this stuff up right now. I I mean I know I know. Let me look here real quick. I just want to make sure I, I I get it right here. See what we got. I did like Father's Day. Um. Kindergarten Cops a classic. Uh, Dave was good. Uh, go, I like. I love Ghostbusters too. I know. I know it's crazy. Um, ah man, I, I would say Twins is pretty damn good. Uh, Ghostbusters too. I love. I, I know. I don't know that people like hit or miss on that. I love Kindergarten Cop. Dave's okay. Junior was it was stupid, but it was still okay. Father's Day I enjoyed. Six Day Seven Nights was pretty good. Evolution was funny. My Super Ex Girlfriend was not that good. No Strings Attached. Eh. Draft Day was okay. I don't know. I I would probably say like probably like Twins or Kindergarten Cop. I'd go with. My, mine is definitely Dave. I think Dave is okay. excellent. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, just hearing the fact that he passed away. I mean, it, it just it, it really sucks the fact that like he's someone who defined. He defined the the lives and like the childhoods and the, the comedic abilities of so many. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, like really, you know, he you know, he, ele- he elevated Hal Ramos's career, elevated Bill Murray's career. Uh, so so many so many people that he was able to affect. He uh, brought us Jason Reitman, who's also a great director. It's so crazy though that Ghostbusters Afterlife came out. You know what I mean? Came out, this, and, and, came out last year. 
and like it's it's just so it's like it's so it's like so haunting you know but what i mean it's, it's kind of crazy it's also, i don't know if you know i don't know if you know this but like do you, do you know who played uh you know who was the stand-in for egon in that movie who held uh i'm reitman oh no shit yeah he they, they wow. prosthetic him up to look to look uh like harold ramus and like he did he did all the scenes is that, see if it, is that is that more eerie or what? That's uh, yeah, it's, it's really eerie. But I think it's, I think it's a it's a fitting way for him to go out, and uh, that sounds a little morbid. But like you know, you know, doing a movie kind of cements his legacy and kind of continues his legacy through his son and through his, you know, his his characters that he created in the past. I oh think yeah, that, yeah. I, th- I think that's actually a really fitting way for. I mean, I I, I was I was sad to see him go, but I do think it's fitting. Yeah, a way to for him to for him to. Yeah, for him to go out, and yeah, uh, I Ryman, you uh, directed some absolute comedy classics, and you will be missed by many. Uh, uh, moving on to our actual, our other story, not our actual stories. That was a story, but our, you know, our actual news stuff. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk about some, some streaming shows. Uh, the one of the big streaming stories came out in the past couple weeks is the fact that all the Marvel Netflix shows are actually leaving Netflix at the end of the month. Wow. Yeah, so uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Punisher, Iron Fist, Defenders, all going to be gone at the end of February, oh. which was, which is which is crazy. And I do think that it does kind of show the paradigm shift uh, between Marvel and Marvel TV because, you know, the whole reason that, that Netflix stuff went down is because Marvel TV and Marvel, you know, Marvel Studios were like separate entities. Uh, TV was ran by Ike Perlmutter, who was a fucking idiot. <laughs> for a lot of reasons, <laughs> look it up. Look it up if you don't know. But yeah, um, and that's why Kev, that's why Kevin Feige was really hesitant to like bring stuff in, like you know, reference the, the stuff on Netflix because yeah. like he, he, it was a fan. It, it didn't fit his vision. But you do see that with spoiler for No Way Home. You do see that with you know people like you know uh, Charlie Cox coming back as Daredevil in, in Spider Man No Way Home. The fact he's trying to like you know like he likes a lot of those actors. So yeah. he's going to try and bring them back as bring as many back as possible. So, uh, but you know, I do think it's kind of crazy because you know, a lot of these a lot of these shows are, are actually really good. They just you know they have they have their own structural issues, but I do think that, like for all, on the whole, a lot of these shows are really good. Um, so it does kind of suck that you know for, like for at least a little bit, people won't be able to access these. But uh, no, I, I don't think it's going to be forever. I do think they're going to land on like Hulu, most likely, most likely Hulu. I don't think you put this. On, I don't think you put these on Disney Plus. It'd be kind of crazy if you did, but no, it's not. It's not impossible. Uh, I just think that because like they're not, they're not family oriented. They're definitely more adult oriented shows. But yeah. I think you can get away with putting them on. Plus, problem is like you know, there's, there's a lot of sex and a lot of blood in some of them. Um, but yeah, Russell, you, you, did you watch any, any of the Marvel Netflix shows? I watched a little bit of Daredevil. I watched like the probably the first six or seven episodes, and then I. Was, didn't, didn't finish, didn't finish well, bad. That, that was that was the problem with all the Netflix shows. The fact that like they were all, they were all too long. That and it was just so much. Like there was so many coming out of at the, at, at, like it was like an overload of them. You know. Yeah, they, yeah, they were they were all thirteen episodes. They all should have been like eight or ten. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so but you know, uh, I do think it sucks for people who are fan. Well, Russell, you, you got you got five days to catch up. <laughs> oh shit! I better, we better wrap this up then, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh but speaking of but you know streaming show that 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 is that is not uh you know getting taken off. Halo hasn't premiered yet, but uh it has already been renewed for a second season. 
so I think that does show that Paramount is really confident in this. I think it shows. I think it shows that they're confident, or they're or they're just really. It'd be really funny if this show came out and it was fucking awful. <laughs> it's like guys were desperate. Uh, but no, yeah. So I, I do think that this actually shows a lot of confidence in this. So Russell, is this up your excitement for Halo? Yeah, I mean, I was already excited before, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, when you get a renewal before a show even comes out, it shows a sign of confidence in it. So, yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'm excited for it. Well, and, uh, on, yeah, on the subject of shows that were uh, also renewed for a season two, Peacemaker, Peacemaker, uh, having just wrapped their season one, this, this, was, this was announced actually before season one officially wrapped, but Peacemaker is getting a second season on HBO Max and. Not only that, James Gunn is going to be writing and directing every single episode. Hmm. So I think I think that's I think that's the kind of crazy part about this the fact that you're getting James Gunn in an expanded capacity here. The fact I, I think I think it also shows like you know first of all just James Gunn's work relationship with Warner Brothers the fact that you know like they they they, they really like the guy they give, they give they give him the freedom. And you know, you look at like this is more not, not that he doesn't like doing Guardians. Like, you know, he, you know he loves doing Guardians, but the fact that he you know, you look at his movies before that. You look like Slither or Super. Uh, this, you know, Peacemaker really more fits his sensibilities. Uh, you, you still want? You still want Peacemaker? Have you? No, I have not. You really, <laughs> you really should check it out. I, I, I know, and I and I want to so bad. I I, I definitely I, again another one I, I want to watch again. You, you, you show you show we're watching right now is what thirteen episodes. Yep, I'd have already yeah, been done. Uh, this this one this one's eight. Would have already would have already been done. Yep. You could have watched uh, week to week. Just, I suck. I just uh, I will I will end up trying to mow these down here commit eventually. Hour, commit an hour a week, and uh, you could have been done. But nope, <laughs> you decided not to do that. Nope, I'm 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 kind of hooked on the staircase here right now. It's all right, but you know, people who are fans of Peacemaker like myself, I'm very much excited <laughs> for season two. Uh, something else I'm excited for: uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049. We we did we did review that. You can check that out on the feed. Uh, 2049. It did end off as sort of, was sort of a cliffhanger. He was like, you know, we're we're gonna do another sequel. We're gonna do the mo- another movie, but uh, you know, it didn't exactly lie at the box office like they like the studio wanted it to. But uh, it was announced that the story is going to continue in a different way. Uh, it is announced that uh, Amazon uh, is going to be doing a bla- a sequel series, Blade Runner 2099. Uh, huh. to be set 50 year, 50 years after the events of 2049. Ridley Scott is going to be serving as executive producer, and there's rumors that he could possibly direct some of the series. So, uh, Russell, we did we did like we did review 20, Blade Runner twenty forty nine on the channel. You can go to, uh, you can go check that out. But what would you what do you think of the idea of a Ridley Scott uh, produced continuation in Blade Runner twenty ninety nine? I think Amazon's a good place for it. I think that's 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 perfect. Um, only obviously. I should, I, th- I think Max would be a better place for it just because you know it's WB, it's well, property. HBO, yeah. I mean, it would make sense, but um, I mean, I think Amazon Prime. I think that's a, that's that's it's a pretty decent, uh, you know, uh, home for it. Uh, Ridley Scott, obviously. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's perfect. I, I do. Um, it just depends on what they do with with the uh, material. Like I said, you know, fifty years obviously down the road of what what happened. Um, there's so much. I mean, in that world that you know that uh, Denny created. So I mean, it's like. There's so many different ways and so many different possibilities you could go go with this, but I think it does lend itself pretty well to have being like a like a series of stories. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, we we also live we live in an age, Russell, 
where shows are continu- are continually coming back from the dead. Yeah. We talked about King of the Hill a couple weeks ago. We have uh, another so excited, yeah. We have another uh adult animated hit that will be coming back for another run. Huh. Oh boy. That being Futurama. <laughs> a new shit. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Future it was announced the Futurama will be will be getting a revival on Hulu, which is kinda crazy. Wow. You look at the the history of Futurama. Futurama was it had it had its original run from nineteen ninety nine, two thousand three. It was cancelled. Brought back three brought back four years later. Uh cancel uh cancelled again. <laughs> And yeah, that was like a lot of those, like Family Guy was the yeah, same way. Yeah, canceled again, brought back again from, tw- from 2010 again. to 2013. Canceled again. <laughs> it came back for a, Simps- for a Simpsons crossover. Uh, came uh, came back for some audio episode, but this is going to be its first full revival. So uh, were you a fan of Futurama? Are you excited for I it? Never, I never got into it. Really? Um, I mean, I obviously know, you know some of the characters, like Zoidberg, and like I, I know you know, of it. Um, I just never... Just never got into it. I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea. But uh, it's definitely cool though. I mean, I'm totally I'm totally you know happy that it's it's coming back. I mean, because it was it was definitely a show that I you know kind of grew up with, like with like like it premiered in high school and throughout college and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's funny that like Futurama is just just the show that just refuses to die. Yeah, they just kept. But I remember like the same thing with like Family Guy. I didn't think it was canceled as many times, but I remember it got after Fox or whatever. The DVD the DVD sales were just well, so yeah, the, the DVD sales crazy. And, DVD brought sales it back and, out. Uh, yeah, DVD sales and the fact that like the reruns on Adult Swim were killing. Oh yeah, and I mean the early early Family Guy. I think anybody will tell you is like the best run. Um, just the the material was just so. I mean, it was just it was so revolutionary. Um, I haven't watched it. I mean, I, I haven't watched any of the new stuff. I mean, I'm sure it's still funny, but I mean, you come to a point where you, you kind of repeat, you know what I mean? Yeah. You run out of shit, you know? Yeah, I get it. Um, also in the world of streaming, uh, well, we got a Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. The show has finally got announced its premiere date. It's going to be premiering on May 25th, 2022. The, the cool thing about that is that is going to be 50, sorry, 50 years? Yeah, 50 years to the day. No, I'm sorry, 45. 45 years to the day that Obi-Wan Kenobi was first introduced in Star Wars A New Hope in 1977. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, uh, of course, reprising his role. Hayden Christian's coming back as Anakin Skywalker. So, Russell, I'm telling you right now, you could skip the show entirely. And <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I'll you, watch you, this you one. Can, you can wait until it's all out and, you know, have set. Have to do it in a six-hour chunk, or you can devote an hour a week. You can devote one hour every week and watch the show. I, I, I'm going I'm gonna watch this one as it goes. I, I, I promise. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for for Kenobi. I, I'm excited to see what, uh, McGregor come back as Obi Wan for quite some time. Because I mean, I mean, I know the prequels have their problems, but he was never one of them. In fact, I thought I thought he was a shining spot in the prequels, honestly. So yeah, I'm uh, very excited to see him come back for this. Uh, and last thing in streaming TV for a bit, uh, it was announced. Uh, we got some announcement regarding Stranger, Thring- Stranger Things Four. So Stranger Things Four is a thing that is still very much happening. Uh, eventually, right? Eventually. Well, not eventually. We do. We do have. We do have a date now. <laughs> uh, so Stranger Things Four. This, this, this was gonna piss people piss people off. Stranger Things Four is gonna be released in two volumes. Uh, volume one will premiere uh, May twenty seventh of twenty twenty two. 
Volume 2 will premiere in July 1st of 2022. And it was announced that, this, that uh, the show was renewed for a fifth and final season after this. Stranger Things 5 will come out. It will conclude the, this run of Stranger Things as we know it. So, Russell, you and I are both big fans of Stranger Things. Are you excited to finally watch season four? Yeah, I just want to watch the damn thing. We've been talking about it for so long. I just want to watch it. Yes. Stranger Things 4 was, what, 2019? Sorry, 3. 3 was 2019? It feels like forever. Yeah, it actually does because that was when the world was normal. Yeah. This was pre-COVID, so yeah. It's it's kind of crazy that it's been that long. It's It's like COVID like dog years, I feel like. Yeah, right. Like everyone, 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 like seven. It's, it's, it's been 14 years since we've watched Stranger Things. But yeah, you know, like they, they always said, where they're doing like you know more stories in this universe with other with other characters beyond this. So you know, yeah. the, the, the world will continue on. But yeah, I mean, like these kids, this, this is going to have to end sooner or later. They always say it's going to be four or five seasons. These kids are not getting any younger. I think Neil Barry Brown just turned 18. So. Wow. Yeah. It's it's yeah. Which is crazy. It's, it's getting so, it's getting it's getting time. Wait, so hold on. So let me see. Uh. So this show started when she was nine years old, <laughs> because yeah. because the first, the first no I'm sorry, no I'm sorry she was twelve. Well these kids these kids are like twelve years old when the show started. Now like they're all like legal age and they look it too. Yeah, and her character's name's Eleven. It's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, that is that is kind of funny. But the fact that like, these like these kids are like they they've clearly grown up and like, they look it. Like eleven's not even at the age of eleven now, so it's like okay. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah, and we, we, can't, we can't really call we can't really call you that anymore. So, now nah, we're gonna call we're gonna call you twenty one. You've upgraded ten years. Congratulations. Twenty one. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna call you nineteen. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna introduce six more characters. Call them eleven through seventeen. You're gonna be nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, but no. Yeah. And yeah. Like again. These these kids are not they're not getting any, you had to wrap this show up at some point so I'm glad yeah. they're wrapping it up in the way they want to and I'm actually very excited to see the conclusion of Stranger Things a show that I've I've loved for a long time I I remember I these are shows I usually binge the once in the entire day yeah I mean this is one I mean I obviously watching you know me that's saying something because I feel like I just take my time on everything but Stranger Things was always something I try to stay up on because well, it's, it's like you know that's it's one of the, like. That's like one of the Netflix event shows. Cause you, you know, yeah. like Netflix, they have like these like big event shows, which like you know, you take the weekend, you watch the whole thing, and you know, it's like it's like the the biggest thing for the next couple weeks, which is you know a kind of a problem yeah. with their with their th- with their with their release method, which is why a lot of streaming ser- other streaming services go then you know go the weekly route, but yeah, you know the fact that that that's the way they that's the way they do it. I'm not gonna not gonna knock them for it. Uh, but yeah, I mean the fact that the fact that they have like their this is the fact that it's one of their big events like it's not going to be around anymore. I think this I think it does kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it definitely it shows that you know we've 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 gotten older x amount of years have passed now since the first one. So yeah, it's definitely kind of a, a depressing thing. But again, if they're going to continue with stories with different characters and stuff like that, I think it's you know again the possibilities are endless. You know. And uh, like I said, it's gonna be like I said, Volume One, May seventh, May twenty seventh, Volume Two, July first, and then Stranger Things Five, premiere in twenty twenty five. I don't know. Yeah, I hopefully sooner than that. Probably sooner. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, moving on to some other stories. First thing we're talking about in the world of movies, uh, Russell, our boys are back. Oh Movie boy. Pass. 
has returned. I saw that. Uh, Movie Pass 2.0 has. I don't know if it's officially launched or is launching, but they have they have announced what their new plan going forward is going to be. Uh, it's uh. not going to be a pay for service where you you pay you pay ten bucks a month you can watch any movie you want. Which was, I remember that game? Oh, uh, that that was that was the that was like the greatest. <laughs> Dude, that I'll tell you what, honest to God, dude, I I use the shit out of that card. Oh, I I abused the fuck out of Movie Pass. Uh, they they lost that because of us, like yeah. people like us, like killed that thing. No, we 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 were the kind of customers Movie Pass hated. Yeah, like we ate everything at the buffet. Like, <laughs> you know, we ate everything at the buffet, man. But oh uh, yeah, but <laughs> they've announced a new method, which uh, they'll be an ad based service in which you watch ads. And you watch ads, and they will compensate you and pay for your pay for your movie tickets. However, the fucking creepy thing about this was the fact that they were going to use the camera on whatever device you're looking at to watch your eyes and make sure you're actually like actively watching the ad. God, this is this sounds like a cult. This does sound like a cult, dude. I'll take my Regal Unlimited, man. Yeah, I'm I'm good with A-list. Thank you very much. I'm good with Regal, dude. Like, they just and and the other thing I like about Regal Unlimited, they just uh, since I I I saw my tenth movie of the year, they they have tiers. So like ten, they load your a uh, uh, thousand credits. Like you like you can buy like uh, movie memorabilia. You can buy like you can use it for like uh, concession. Oh, you nice. know, you you redeem them, and so like at twenty five, there's another one. You get like two thousand. At fifty, you get like five thousand. Like they keep giving you incentives to get you more and more points. I, I just like the way they do it. I don't. I think it's cool. And yeah. you like a list, so well. I mean, I also, I also don't have the option for a regal. <laughs> there's there's no regal. Yeah, there. yeah. So I mean, it, it just it works for me here. So that's kind of just what. And then I if if the movies aren't playing at regal by some chance, and they're at the mom and pop theater down the street, I go there too. So. I try to keep it fresh, but uh, yeah, I I had my fun with Movie Pass when it was a big thing like five years ago. I'm good now. Yeah, like, I, I, I remember you had to take a picture of the fucking ticket stub and shit, dude. Oh, that that was when like they were like really remember? monitoring it. Like, but I, that was like I was like right when Tom Cruise was killing was killing Movie Pass. Dude, Mission Impossible Fallout killed Movie Pass. I'm that, telling you, that killed it. That honestly, killed yeah. It. I killed it, man. And then they started that shit where it's like specific showings. I was so pissed because I remember the one night I wanted to go see Halloween 2018. And um, I, the, the one showing, I guess they blacked it out. It was the showing before the one I wanted to go to that they said that you could use it for. I'm like, this is bullshit. Then they try to pick and choose wh- when you go. Like, I'm like, this is not even a service anymore. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, it's so dumb. Uh, next thing we're talking about is uh, got some Oscars news. First of which, well, it wasn't as this is going to be the first ceremony in about three years in which they've had a host. Oh, uh, yeah. Not only that, they're du- but they are doubling down, tripling down, I should say, with three hosts instead of just one. And it's going to be this. That's going to be anchored by the hosting trio of Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, and Amy Schumer. To which the entire world went, "Yeah, yeah, fuck." I like Amy Schumer. I know a lot of people just don't like her, man. Oof. She, she's not that funny. She's really not she, that funny. She's a, she's okay. But yeah, no. So uh, yeah, that was announced. We also got some, you know, for everything the Academy does, kind of right. They do something wrong. Uh, it was announced that there are certain categories that will not be televised in this of course. ceremony. Of course. Of uh, course. Those being the categories being the following eight: documentary short, film editing. Makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, animated short, live action short, and sound. Yeah, so these will all not be televised, which 
What do you What do you think about that? Do you think Do you think this should be televised? Yeah, I mean, to my thing, I mean, to my, you know, I remember when the Oscar ceremony was like three hours, three and a half hours. It was fine. You you recognize everybody that was nominated. You know what I mean? And now they're trying to crunch down to the popular categories. Like I understand, but it's like still that these people worked hard to get to that point to be nominated. I think they should be recognized just the same, you know, the same time that everybody else is live, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, like this, this is this is their time to like, you know, be recognized yeah. for their work. Like, who cares if the Oscars run over? See, that's the shit that always bothered me. Like, who cares? Like, the people that want to watch it will watch it. If they don't want to watch it, they won't watch it. Yeah, no, you I, know? I, I agree. I, I don't understand the, the fascination, like the need for this to be, you know, we got we got to make the ceremony shorter. For for who? Like, that's, I mean, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, yeah, you're always going to hear that shit the next morning. Oh, well, Oscars, uh, Oscar uh, ratings are down. Like, they've they've always been down. You know what I mean? It's it's not a big deal. Like, who cares? You're honoring achievement in film. Uh, let's just celebrate that. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I I think they should be televised, and like they're getting they're getting grilled. So this yeah. they might be televised in the end because the anytime the Oscars announce something, and they get like back, big backlash, they and then they retract all they the immediately time. Yeah. On it. Yeah. So just tweet at them. Uh, tweet at the Oscars or the Ad Academy or whatever, and uh, I'm sure they'll they'll take it back. Uh, next one we're talking about uh, Quiet Place. The spin, the spin, the spin-off to Quiet Place is already in the works. Uh, said to come out, I believe, next year. Uh, but they have already dated A Quiet Place three. Uh, that'll be continuing the main story. We know Emily Blunt and you know, her kids. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to be coming out. They've, that's been that's been uh, confirmed. It's been greenlit, and it has been dated for a 2025 release. No word on whether or not uh, John Krasinski will, will return to direct. Uh, Russell, what do you think about uh, another film in the Quiet Place saga? Uh, I know you know you thought I was up in the air about the first one because I didn't like the choice of killing off Krasinski. Spoiler oh, was alert! That, oh, was that the reason? I just that's one of the reasons why I didn't like it. I just think, like, why? Like, we didn't need to do that. Um, but okay, I like the second one fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down. Um, but that was one of the big reasons I just did not like the first one. I'm like, I don't know why we decided to go that direction. Yeah, but do you, do you th- would you do you want to see Krasinski come back to do it? Oh yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him direct the third one. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to see him. I like to see him come back too. But I'll, well, no, it's, it's weird because like part of me wants to see him come back. Part of me wants to see him, like you know someone else try and tackle this. But I wanted to see him come back when they killed him in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like no, but but, but know, honestly, yeah, man, he, yeah. I I wouldn't mind. He's so good at making these movies that I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him come back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of things coming back, Michael Mann is coming back to making to making films. Oh shit! Uh, the long, long, long in development Ferrari biopic uh, is now uh, now in the works again, and yeah, he's got he's finally, he's finally got a cast for his like actually Hugh Jackman was going to star on this for like the longest time, but but it just never got made. Uh, he's now going to star Adam Driver as Enzo Ferrari. Uh, alongside Penelope Cruz and Shailene Woodley, rounding out the cast. Like I said, it's going to be about the racing mogul uh, Enzo Ferrari and the you know, fun founding of the you know, famous sports car brand. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the idea of Adam Driver uh, and you know Cruz and Woodley doing a the former sorry the former not Mrs. Aaron Rodgers? Are uh, they are, the are they are they broken almost, up already? They are. They are broken up. Jeez, that was that was quick. The former almost Mr. A- Mrs. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> what do you think of that teaming up to do a Ferrari movie? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a perfect cast. Um, you know, yeah, I'm down. Sure. That's a, that's a, that's how you that's how you know. How sh- like, yeah, sure. Short, short, sweet. No, I like I like I like all of them as you know actors actresses. Um, Adam Driver's been really killing it lately. Um, Penelope Cruz is great in anything, and I like Shalane Woodley. Um, I just watched. I, I think I told you what was it like last month? I watched Descendants again. Love that movie. Um, she's fantastic in it. Um, yeah. So yeah, good good solid cast. I'm done. Well, so, well let's talk about something that's gonna you know you know get a more a more enthusiastic response out of you. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. There we go. Uh, not all. Uh, first of all, Sonic Three already been greenlit, already in production on Sonic Three before oh. Two even comes out. Not only that, there is a live action Knuckles spinoff series in the works Paramount Plus with Jeez. Idris Elba. Coming back to voice Knuckles. Let's get this is madness now. Yeah, so they are really doubling down on on this on the you know the success of Sonic. Not uh, messing around. So yeah, so you get Sonic three and the Knuck and the Knuckles series. So what are you more excited for? Probably Sonic three. Uh, I, I'd have to see how Sonic is. Sonic, Sonic two, two is, is with Knuckles in it. Um, before I got excited about it, just Knuckles, you know. See, I'm excited for just Knuckles because Idris Elba is coming back. The fact yeah, that they got I mean, him coming yeah. back for it is what sells me. Yeah, but like it's kind of crazy because the, you know, like Sonic and yeah, they're, they're CGI characters. And like those are expensive effects to keep up on a TV budget. Yeah, for so, sure. So yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually do I, I do you know like that they're going that route, and it's funny. Like, it's it's kind of crazy the fact that the, the, the series looks like it's gonna be so so successful and like be its own video game franchise. Given what we saw in the first trailer, I know we're going to keep bringing it up, but my God, that first trailer was bad. Oof, yeah, that was really rough. Can you imagine what Knuckles would look like if if we got the sequel with that type with that type of that type of oh. style? Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what it would be. I honestly don't even know what it looked like. I, 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 I don't want to think about it. Uh, no. Yeah, uh, Sonic Two is set for release this summer, and yeah, Sonic. Or I think April actually, and Sonic Three in the works after that. We'll see when it comes out soon. And Knuckles Paramount Plus, subscribe, baby, subscribe. Uh, next thing we're talking about is Russell, our boy, our boy is back in the news. The oh original Mister, the original Mister Three Point One Four, Russell Crowe, uh. has joined the cast of Sony's Craven the Hunter. <laughs> no word on who he's playing. I imagine he's gonna be playing Craven's dad, somebody who looks bulky looking, and I don't mean bulky from muscles. No, someone who's got, got, got a lot of mass. Could be, could be, could be Kingpin. <laughs> I can actually see him doing King, Kingpin. Uh, with uh, Russell Crowe. Shit. But yeah, uh, Russell Crowe joining Craven. Uh, sure. Yeah. Do you buy that he could make the Ultimate Hunter? Uh, I don't know. Maybe back in the day in Gladiator. Gladiator days, yes. Gladiator days. Quite, he's aged quite a bit. Um, yeah. I just, I do love Russell Crowe, though, man. Well, uh, Russell Crowe unhinged. Give me some of that. That's <laughs> he's pretty menacing in that one. Yeah. He uh, also pretty hefty in that one. Also, so I don't know. Because like, like, also gets like really like bizarrely talented people to do their movies because you know you got Dakota Johnson and Madam Web and you got Russell Crowe, Oscar winner Russell Crowe. 
Yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson's a really good actor. The fact, like, I, I, I wonder, like, they sell, they sell these people like they're gonna be in the MCU, and then like they just pull the rug out. And I'm like, ah, no, we're in this like, no, We're not. No, this isn't what we're doing. You sign up for the, like, I sign up for this. No, no, you didn't. Like they, they second guess you. Did I sign up for that? Did I do this? You gotta read the fine print, baby. Read the fine print. I thought we thought we told you about this. Uh, yeah. Next thing we're talking about. Um, speaking of James Gunn uh, and John Cena, actually. Uh, it was announced that uh, John Cena is going to uh, have a starring role in the James Gunn produced Coyote versus Acme movie at <laughs> Warner Brothers. So basically, oh, what wow. this is, uh, it's going to be a live action animated hybrid movie for Warner Brothers. And it's basically going to be about Wiley Coyote suing Acme <laughs> for uh, get, they, he gets a lawyer to sue Acme all the things that have gone wrong with him in his quest to kill the Roadrunner. Uh, no word on whether or not on who John Cena is playing. I'd be funny if he were the lawyer, but I think he's going to be the guy heading up Acme. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, Produced by and written by James Gunn, actually. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, this movie has been in uh, development for quite some time. It's now getting some real traction. So what do you think of uh, this concept as a film? I, I think it lends itself well to the, to a film. Um, kind of surprised that uh, we haven't seen something like this sooner. I just think that the, that whole skit lends itself well to a, to a film. You know what I mean? And especially nowadays when they're doing such stupid shit. So yeah, I, I could see this. It makes sense. Yeah, I think I think the concept's cool. I think John Cena. I mean, God, the, the the best thing John Cena did for his career was, was show us that he was funny. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fantastic. I like that. Um, I just watched that one movie a while back too, on Hulu. I think at the oh, end of the year that he was friends. in with Lil, Lil Ray. Vacation friends. Oh my god, it was hilarious. It was hilarious though. Yeah, it was stupid, it. but it was funny. Uh, yeah, so this is set for this is set for a release on the twenty first of July, twenty twenty three. Uh, next thing we're talking about, uh, Barbie girl in a Barbie world. <laughs> Uh, the Barbie movie, which is already starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, directed by Greta Gerwig, which is these are all sent these are all sentences I am saying and I cannot believe I'm saying, uh, has gotten some new cast members uh, joining joining Robbie and Gosling on this on this Barbie adventure will be uh, Shang Chi Simu Liu. He's gonna be he's gonna be in this movie. You got America Ferrera up in this film, and you got Kate McKinnon joining the crew. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> this is. Uh, like we said, this is going to be a sort of a uh, sort of a you know satirical look at the Barbie world, in which you know Barbie's kicked out of the world for be, for not being quote unquote perfect enough, and you know kicked kicked to the real world to have to do stuff. Like I said, Margot Robbie playing Barbie, which is kind of a perfect casting right there. Ryan Gosling yeah. playing Ken. I didn't realize Margot Robbie and Kate McKinnon reuniting in a bombshell. <laughs> uh, so yeah. you hear this cast, you know, does this does this intrigue you more for this film? It does. I think what would intrigue me more is if they get Aqua to come sing an original song for the film soundtrack. If they get Aqua back. Yeah, I is would that, totally Aqu- be down. Does Aqua but, still uh, do uh, stuff? Uh, is Aqua still around? Uh, such a such a guilty pleasure of the uh, mid-90s. But um, yeah, I, uh, it's, so, it's so crazy. And you are totally looking up to see if they're together, aren't you? I am absolutely looking up to see if they're together. Aqua still does stuff. That is crazy. Fuck? Love it. Dude, do it. I'm telling you. Get Aqua in there, dude. Totally down. Yeah, they they were on their second reunion right now. So yeah, bring back Aqua to the soundtrack. I'm 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 telling you, it's it, it would 
it'd be a deal breaker there for some people. If we, can you imagine like Aqua does then and get nominated for an Oscar? The Oscar nominated <sighs> Aqua. That's awesome. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, next piece we're talking about. Uh, Brad Bird has lined up his next animated film, uh, but maybe not the, maybe not the best place for it to go. Uh, he's announced his next one was going to be uh, called Ray Gun. Basically, it's going to be a futuristic. Uh, this is the thing he has, this is the kind of he actually had done for. He's had for a long time. Uh, just wanted to do. Uh, it's a futuristic te- detective story done with like an Art Deco animation style. Uh, he mm-hmm. this is originally like he wanted to do this in the '90s, but it was deemed they deemed like too you know too complicated to do at the time. So oh. so it's it's kind of like a James Cameron with, Avatar, with the Avatar situation where like he had this great idea, but you know technology wasn't at a point where it can be done because you know this is like a very complicated yeah. sci-fi planet hopping detective story. So yeah, at the time it was seen as too too experimental, too complicated, and just too much too too high concept to do. Uh, but you know, however, as uh, animation technologies have evolved, now it seems like a feasible time to do this. Now, the odd thing about this is the fact that this has landed at Skydance Animation, huh. which I I do get because uh, Skydance Animation is headed up by John Lasseter. John Lasseter did who you know worked Pixar with Brad Bird on several projects, so I do get it. I think that. But you know, with John Lasseter being yeah as controversial as he is, do you, do you think it's a good move for Brad Bird? Uh, kind of what you said. I mean, it's one of those things where they have that rapport with one another. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's 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 kind of up in the air. You could go either way with it. I mean, it makes sense in this pers- perspective that Bird had uh, passed with Lasseter. So I mean, it kind of makes sense, I guess. You know. But um, yeah, it's definitely definitely strange that Skydance is the the site for this one. Yeah, I and mean, it's, it's purely because you know, I mean, yeah, they they had that relationship. They but you know they had the relationship they have that you know that working that working history. But yeah, yeah, I mean, with John Lasseter being seen as like such a controversial figure in the entertainment, I'm not sure that's someone you want to attach your name to. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll have to see what happens with that. Yeah, not to mention yeah, the Sky Skydance actually they haven't done they haven't done any animated movies yet. Uh, their first one will be coming out this year, a little film called Luck, which will be debuting on Apple TV Plus. Um, but yeah, now we're gonna see like what exactly they can, what exactly like Skydance animation movie, animated movie looks like. First yeah. of all, but you know, regardless, I love Brad Bird as a director. I think he's, I think he's interesting. I think he's always doing something really cool, unless you're Tomorrowland. <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely excited to see what Brad Bird has in store for us. And you know, the reading, you know, what he wants, the whole concept of this. Sounds really, sounds really interesting, and sounds really neat, and I want to check it out. Uh, next thing we're talking about, um, well, after a lot of speculation, uh, it was announced that the entire Kelvin cast has been confirmed for the upcoming Star Trek IV, uh, directed by WandaVision's own Adam Shankman. I'm sorry, Mark Shankman, not Adam Shankman. Uh, it is, yeah, they've all been, uh, Pine, Quinto, Urban, Saldana, and Cho, all set to return for this next film. Uh, Yelchin, sadly, has passed away, so he cannot, he cannot be in this new one. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, oh, and Simon Peck. Definitely Simon Peck. Uh, so Russell, you know, hearing that the entire Kelvin cast coming back for this, for this, and they're looking to start shooting this year, uh, does that, you know, does that get your, your intrigue going for another Star Trek adventure? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I liked, you know, the three movies. I mean, obviously, I think the first was the better of all of them. But um, I, I like I like them bringing Star Trek back in like the forefront. Um, 
So I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do here, especially with such a gap in between the third one and this one. So uh, yeah, we're looking, but I, we're looking at about uh, wait, hold on, seven years. Because yeah. so assuming this comes out next year, we're looking at about a seven-year gap between the two films. Yeah, because it was what sixteen. The other one came. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, one question: Do you do you uh, recast Chekhov? Maybe not put him in this one right away. Do you know what I mean? Kind of. Uh, uh, mm, yeah, but yeah, yeah, look look at how long this one, this one took to develop. You don't know. That, uh, another one's true not too. guaranteed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Pers- I don't. I mean, if speaking, if you do, and this, yeah, person speaking as someone who is like a big fan of Anton Yelchin. I yeah. think I think you do recast Chekhov because it'd just be kind of strange if he wasn't there. Yeah, and that's the thing too. That's what I kind of was thinking, especially with a seven-year gap. Um, I mean, it's been been a while. I think you have to kind of move on with the character. Um, yeah, I, I can see them moving on from it. Yeah, and plus, yeah, I think if you do like in a respectful manner, I don't I don't think people will get upset if you recast this movie. Or recast uh-uh. the character. Yeah. Um, and last are we're talking about, this is probably the one I'm most excited about to look at. Uh, Shane Black and Robert Downey Jr. are re-teaming for an upcoming movie at Amazon based on the Parker novels, uh, in which, uh, you know, well, let's see, how do I explain Parker? Remember that Jason Statham movie that came out a while back, Parker? I was going to say, was that the one with him and J-Lo? Yeah, uh, well, was J-Lo in this one? J-Lo was, J-Lo was in this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that character is actually from a series of novels. And the oh, okay. And Jason and Statham is not the first per- is actually not the first person to play that character. Uh, you know, Lee, Mar- Lee Marvin played him Point Blake. And remember, remember that Mel Gibson movie? Remember that Mel Gibson movie Payback? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the same character. No shit! Wow. He's yeah. almost like a uh, Jack Reacher, almost kind of. Yeah, like a, like a, a Jack Reacher, a Philip Marlowe, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hercule Poirot. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. He was he was Porter in that, but you know, it's based on the novel Payback, uh, which is or based on a novel by the author, okay, uh, who did who did Parker, and this it was a Parker novel that they changed to Porter. But bottom line, it, it is it is also supposed to be the same character. Now, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be stepping in to this role. It's going to be directed by written and directed by Shane Black, who again hasn't done anything since Kiss, the Predator, Kiss, bang, bang. but he did direct Robert Downey Jr. in both Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man Three. Yeah. So. I love this. I think that this is a great, a great combination. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. I love. I really like a lot of his. Do little side. I like a lot of his post Iron Man choices. <laughs> do little so fucking bad. Do little so goddamn awful. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to watch that sometime. I know. I do It'll like, be on here somehow. I do like a lot of his post Iron Man choices. You know. Uh, you know. Teaming uh, up with Nolan uh, for Oppenheimer, I think, is a great pick. Uh, I yeah. like I like this. Uh, I like that he's you know willing to you know, look. He's got his money, so he, he can just do. He can just do like any like weird uh, small project he, he wants now, and I'm I'm excited for the post yeah. uh, the post uh, you know post Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. career. Yeah, like Judge Two, maybe who knows? Judge Two. Oh yeah, okay. yeah let's get let's get judged. Let's get judged. You know, I want as many judges as there are Marvel cinematic Marvel MCU movies. Let's get it. I mean, I'm that's fucking be crazy. Yeah, but no, I, I'm absolutely. So pumped for this! <laughs> yes. jumped on Amazon, and I'm I'm ready for another good Shane Black movie because the Predator was not it. The and Predator speaking of, I think a good segue is I can't believe Zodiac did not win the poll with Robert Downey Jr. What the hell's up with that? Yeah. So moving on, that's going to do it for Notorious News. Now move on to the movie of the week. And yeah, like I said, 2007 was an absolutely stacked year for this. This could have been a 10 movie poll, honestly. 
it could have been. There's a lot of movies. I, I, I mean, I know, boy, my, my choices never seem to win. I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, pick bad choices. Apparently. I don't know. Um, I was hoping there will be blood. I, I wanted to revisit that. I love Zodiac. I think Zodiac's fantastic. That's why I put it on there. Um, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good films in 07. Yeah, absolutely. But we ended up with hot fuzz. So yeah, hot fuzz was a, the second directorial effort, second feature from directorial effort by director Edgar Wright. Uh, it was also the second film in the three flavors Cornetto trilogy as it's known. Uh, you know, the guy consisting of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Uh, and why, why is it called the Cornetto Trilogy? Because each one features a Cornetto. <laughs> and, each, and each one features actually a Cornetto that's sort of fitting with the film. You know, like, it's a red Cornetto in Shaun of the Dead because of zombies. It's a blue Cornetto here because of cops. And it's a green Cornetto in The World's End because of aliens. Um, but this is one that, uh, you know, a lot of people have a, a really big fondness for, and yeah, it's not it's not difficult to see why. So, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's get into it. This is Hot Fuzz. So we meet our main character, Nicholas Angel, played by Simon Pegg. He's this he's this hot he's this hot shot. He's a he's a hot shot cop in London, who is like he is like the they sounds like very very well that he is the best at his job. Like the ultimate overachiever in his job. He's like he's like the ulti- he's the ultimate ultimate cop. Like he's like the model. Yeah. Cop. Uh, but you know something you notice also is the edit the editing in this, and I, I think it's I think the yeah. editing. In, I mean, Edgar Wright's movies always have really great editing, but I think like it's done great here because I what they do here is like this is actually a, like a great satire of you know like cop based action movies. Yeah, and, you know, like, they they take like elements of, but they try to like make it feel like a real cop movie, like real to like the nth degree. So what Ed yeah. Wright, so what Wright does is he edits like mundane things to look super exciting. I think that's a really great stylistic choice. Yeah, it's like a it's like a naked gun on steroids, maybe you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> we also see that you know there's also a lot of cameos in this one. Like for example, I don't know if you knew this, the the Santa that stabs him in the hand. It's actually director Peter Jackson. This is, oh no shit okay yeah it is that's cool so yeah ben, I like the cop the the cop uh, all the cop cameos like the bosses and shit yeah his boss yeah his, his three superiors played by Martin Freeman Steve Coogan and Bill Nye love um, it so basically uh, Nicholas Angel is told that he is basically he's getting transferred for the reason that he is basically too good at his job he's showing up everybody he's is pretty much everybody. is basically the reason. <laughs> so let me just say, Simon Pegg in this film is so hilarious because like, he's the straight man, but yeah. the fact that he's like so serious and so grand, especially when you go to, when he gets to, like the towns of the Sanford, just like the way he juxtaposes everything else in this film, I think yeah. he's just, is like just super funny in and of itself. No, it is, and it's it's the ultimate like, like I, I feel like this is just like the ultimate like buddy cop spoof you know what i mean like i said like i said like with like a, a naked gun only i feel like it's like a, a, an amped up naked gun you know well this, this tries to be more like more like you know like real like you know, yeah more like grounded reality in a sense mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so he's, he's he's transferred the entire station is happy to have him gone and you know this is like actually the town is is happy to have him gone because he has this girlfriend janine who like he really neglects because uh you know he's so married to the job 
and the girlfriend yeah. is played by Kate Blanchett, which is even which is even funnier because you never fully see her face. The only scene she's in this is where she's wearing a full bodysuit, a face mask. The only thing you can see of her is her eyes. But like it's Kate Blanchett, so you oh, just yeah. like you, you, you just like no, she like so such distinct eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just recognize it? Wow, did not know that. You didn't know Kate Blanchett? No, man. Like, oh, damn. I was happy I picked up Olivia Coleman for God's sakes. I didn't. I didn't see. But yeah, his girlfriend, gotta... his girlfriend played by Kate by Kate Blanchett. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So basically, because you know he's kind of ostracized himself from London because he's just so he's so good at his job. He's kind of neglected every everything else in his life. Oh, that is her. Yep. And and yeah, like you you kind of showcase this this edit this editing because this. this oh my movie, god, that is her. Yeah. Yeah. This entire move is like from him from London to Sanford is just shot like super rapid fire. Yeah. Like it's, it's just like a really in like clever way to edit it. Like to make it make it, make it look exciting. Uh, he gets to he gets to to the small town Sanford, which is like the the anti London. It's like the most tranquil quiet area possible yeah it's it's not not your usual hustle and bustle like he's used to yeah uh he's, he starts to at this hotel because his uh his flat is not ready yet uh and you know starts to you know ingratiate himself into the small town living and you can tell like he is going yeah yeah he's gonna hate it here yeah definitely uh, does not fit to fit the bill yeah definitely does not fit he goes into this bar and i do i do love this scene so he goes into this this uh, this bar, and he starts to notice that everyone in here starts to look a little young. Now, keep in mind, the drinking age in the UK is 18 years old. Yeah, I mean, these guys are looking like well, these guys are looking a little bit younger though. Yeah, <laughs> but I do love the way that like it's it's added. Everyone's like, "What's with you? When's your birthday? <laughs> Get out!" Yeah, <laughs> and then it, then it flips to him just drinking by himself. Yeah, cause, like, the entire the entire bar is thrown out. Which actually, fun fact about London. So yeah, the drinking age is eighteen, but there is like a weird loophole to where like you can have a beer if you get food. So like a lot of what a lot of teenagers will do is like they'll they'll order food and they'll get a beer, but then they just won't eat the food and they'll just drink and they'll just drink the beer. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's your loophole, dude. It's we loophole. we've done that even with COVID. Like I think there was a place where they were doing um, like you had to buy a, a, a ticket or whatever, and then you could drink like for food, and then you could drink as much as it was stupid. Yeah, so, yeah, but I do, I do, I do love the last one. He gets like, "When's your birthday?" He's like, he's like stutters, like this high pitched, high pitched voice. Like, Get out! <laughs> and he basically evacuates the entire bar, and this bar, the bar keeps like hate him now. He's like, he's already not doing himself any favors in this town. Yeah, because they've totally screwed him out of all this money that they was gonna get too. Uh, he then uh, basically makes his first official arrest. Arresting the teenagers and this random, this random drunk who almost hits him with a car. <laughs> uh, so he goes to the station the next day for his first official day of work and sees that the drunk he arrests is not there. Matter of fact, he's at, he's out, and he's wearing a police officer's uniform because he's a police officer. This is Danny Butterman, played by Nick Frost. So I do want to talk about. There, actually, you know, I'll, 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 I'll say them for later, because this is this is where he gets introduced to the whole station. Now, the whole station here, I think, is just a really funny band of characters. Think, you know, think, you know, a la Police Academy. Yeah. yeah. First of all, you have Frank Butterman, Danny's father, who is the, uh, I think, I think it's Inspector is what is what they call him in the UK. It's, 
The inspector, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, the inspector. You have uh, the two detectives, the Andes, played by Ray Spall and Patty Considine. Uh, you have um, Finch, who is maybe my favorite cop in the entire movie, besides our main two. Just because, yeah. just because he is so like comically bad at his job. Yeah, he's like really, really bad at his job. Yeah, uh, and like you mentioned, uh, uh, PC Dor- uh, PC Doris Thatcher, played by uh, like future Oscar winner Olivia Colman. Crazy. Yeah, fucking wild. And, like it's it's weird because like you look at her now when she's younger, like she she almost looks like better. She almost looks like better now than she did. Yeah. <laughs> in these days. Yeah, she's aged, she's aged very well. Yeah, she has. But this is something I do. I know I talk talk about for a bit because you know, like Olivia Coleman, excellent actress, Oscar winning actress, possibly soon to be two time Oscar winning actress. But like a thing that I I love about a Coleman that I don't I feel like a lot of people don't talk about is that she is just she's so funny. Oh, she is. She really does bring a lot of comedy to this film. Yeah, I she, mean, yeah, she's in, she's incredibly funny in this. Uh, she's on that show Fleabag on Amazon, which she she's fantastic. I I think like her comedic chops are severely underrated, which is same because like again, she's so so funny. Yeah, yeah, and you have this uh, <laughs> this one random uh, this one random other cop who just uh, Fisher, no, not Fisher. Ah, oh, crap! I can't, I can't remember his name. But he's the guy who just speaks in like slurs. Oh, uh, and then and somebody else has to decipher what he says. That Walker, is funny too. Walker, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, like I, again, I, I've I've been to the UK. I've seen that. There's always that like one guy who just like who just like speak like speaks like mumble like mumbled hush tones. Who, like everybody yeah. around him can understand, but no, but nobody else does. He's like the king of the hill. Almost, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, you're, you're exactly right. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but something, something that Wright does, like again, right off the bat, he very establishes, and I'm, I'm just about realizing it. Every one of these cops has like a very distinct, very well, like very defined personality. Like I said, like Fisher, Fisher, the total, the total airhead. Danny is mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's he's idealistic. He wants to do a good job, but he has a very warped perspective of what police work is. P, uh, Doris Thatcher is uh, she's the only female in the group, and she plays that up for you know for, like for comedic comedic laughs. And the Andes yeah. are just like absolutely just like absolutely they're like that. They're guys who are like they're assholes who very much mm-hmm. enjoy the fact that they're assholes. Yeah, they know they know exactly who they are. Yeah, and again the the Andes like again also very funny. And, yeah, and also a fun, fun little uh, fact about this film: there's a there's a swear jar on the police station which they put money into every time they want to enter the cuss word. Every single word is se- is censored on on the list, but the c word, arguably the most offensive word in the entire English language, is shown in its entirety. Yeah, I do think that's, that's like a nice little funny touch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then this is where we. Uh, Angel and Butterman are basically assigned together. They're they're assigned to be they're assigned to be partners, and you see like yeah you see like Angel uh, Butterman is asking Nick about you know like all this like exciting police work we've never got we've never gotten to experience, but he's only familiar with that police work from like from like action movies. Yeah. So yeah, you really you really see the juxtaposition yeah juxtaposition between the two of them. He's a big fan of Point Break and Bad Boys too. Yeah, which we, which we which we get to later. Uh, we'll see that uh, Angel is ingratiating to this. Oh, so to me, the other, other people in town, mainly Skinner, played by Timothy Dalton. 
fucking fantastic. I love oh, it. He's he's so great. Which you know, it's funny because Mr. James Bond. Well, it's funny because you know he's he's, known, he's mostly known for playing James Bond, which is like one of yeah. those, like the best cinema heroes of all time. But yeah. he he's like scary good at playing villains. He's perfect at playing villains. Yeah. Yeah, with having that, with having that James Bond touch and charm to him, though, you know what I mean? He, yeah, he does, honestly. Yeah, yeah. We see that you know police work in this town is <laughs> the most action they get is trying to find a lost swan. Dude, and I just love their like their. It's like everything that cops aren't supposed to be. I feel like they are here. Do you know what I mean? Like they take. They're so lax at their job. Um, even like when they do like desserts and stuff like that, when they do desserts and shit. Yeah, it's, 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 I, lo- it's I love I love that eating cake on the job with with, with J- like what Jim Broadbent I yeah. think uh, um, it was hilarious. Like he yeah the, like he got caught with doing it for a drinking or for, something for like that, DUI. and they like reward him with cake. Yeah, it's like what? I'm like what? <laughs> what kind of town is this? It's too it's so funny, dude. Like they really just they literally turn their head to everything. They're like a very non confrontational town. It's also like a really a really like random bit, but I do like the I do like the bit where Danny almost clubs a swan. Oh, yeah. It's just it's it's so quick, but it gets, it gets all like the big laugh out of me. But I yeah. just love his swan impression too. <laughs> he does. Oh uh, yeah. Aww. Yeah, but obviously, you know, this is not this is not the kind of police work Angel wants to do. But no. he does get some excitement after going into the store and meeting. Well, first of all, he meets uh, one of uh, Skinner's employees, played by, oh, I'm trying to think of his name, uh, uh, Rory McCann, the Hound from Game of Thrones. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, Lurch is, w- is what they call him. Yar. 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 Dude, I love that scene near the end. He's like, Narp? Yeah. That's 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 funny, <laughs> uh, but he does he does get into a an actual foot chase with with somebody. Yep. <laughs> so like he's like finally some goddamn action. Uh, Seriously, it's actually it's actually a well shot, well choreographed <laughs> chase, and I do love yeah. I do love the fence joke. <laughs> Which, oh, in, in ev- absolutely in love ev- it! In every single one of these movies, they have some joke regarding a fence. Yeah, I, I Nick Frost going through the fence may be the funniest thing ever. Yeah, and again, they're they're so, they're so like great. They're, they're, so, they're so great. They're so great at physical comedy. The, the, the both of them. Uh, oh yeah. They, he, ma- he managed to chase down the guy, but again, defeated to like the war perspective of the, t- of the town. Uh, he's let go. Yeah, because again, this oh man. Skinner does not want to press charges. <laughs> but honestly, that Peg and, and Frost remind me of like almost like a David Spade Chris Farley team. The, I mean, just yeah, the chemistry that they have I, together. I, I think there's, I think they're substantially funnier than Spade and Frost. But yeah, let's let's talk about them because you know, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Peg and Frost were guys who were they were like really good friends before they even became professional actors. Yeah, uh, they've been friends. They've been friends for years. They worked together on Space, and they had like a really solid work relationship after that. And then they, they teamed up with Edgar Wright, who again, who all who also did work on Space. Um, and yeah, I think that. The fact that they are such good friends in real life, I think that really feeds their chemistry when they work together on film. Just, oh no, for sure, it's definitely believable. Well, just yeah, just because you know, you really feel the bond between the two of them, like, and it's crazy because their relationship in the relationship in any of these two films is never the same. It's really never mm-hmm. alike. So, like, to have these two guys who like they're clearly best friends in real life, 
But to have their relationship like go through like so many different stages and so many different uh, interpretations uh, in, so, in so many different films, and the fact that they can make it believable, I, yeah. I think is a really t- testament to their talent as, as actors. No, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I think I think these two are like a top tier comedic duo, honestly. Like anytime, I, I would agree. Anytime they're on screen or doing anything together, it's inst it's instant comedic gold. Yep. Uh, so, anyways, they <laughs> they're working traffic, dude. They pull over this one uh, this one guy who is an actor uh, at their at their local <laughs> theater production, uh, at, their lo- at their local theater house. Uh, they get tickets. They don't take them, but they have to go anyway because they have to represent the police station. At this, it's hilarious. It's an homage to Romeo and Juliet. But the thing is, when you, so watch, bad. when you watch the show, it's an om- it's actually an homage to the Boz Lerman Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, it's it's really funny. It's so bad. But the, the funniest thing about this is like Simon Pegg's face throughout this because like he goes he becomes increasingly more like he increasingly mortified as it goes on. Yeah. And it's funny, like, like they try to take it so seriously, though, like, even with the shot, like, where he, like, kills himself, and then, like, he goes back, back up to kiss her real fast. Like, oh, it's just so bad. It's, so, it's funny, though. Uh, it, 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 it's hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I do think this, as, as a comedic setup, I think it's, I think the scene's absolutely genius. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this, this show, this show goes, it goes on, it finishes. Uh, and then we get a really weird interaction between Skinner and the two actors. In which case, like I said, like, like, I, said, like I said earlier, Dalton's known for playing one of the greatest heroes in cinema, but he comes across as like super intimidating here. Yeah, definitely, definitely sinister. I, again, it's like sinister with a charm, though. It's like it's 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 really weird. It's you know the only thing is I think it's the voice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, we see that like something sinister may happen here because there's a hood, there's a hooded figure with an axe right behind him. It's like okay, so this is, this is where the plot really starts to begin. So yeah. you're getting you're, you already get a weird vibe, vibe about this town, mm-hmm. but as it goes, like, like something's not on point. Yeah, like like, like some like something's not right here. But anyway, uh, whoever this is ambushes both Martin and Eve, the actors, after, and just like he just like, brutally murders them. Yeah. But it's crazy because it's like like almost like shock value too. Like you're watching, it's like oh my god, like it's just so so brutal. But it's like intense. It's like intentionally brutal though, you know? Uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're killed. It's staged to look like an accident. And yeah. The, and, the, and like the whole time you're looking at Skinner, you're just like he did it. It's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Arrest him. Arrest this man. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, it's. It's ruled to be an. It's ruled to be an accident, and nobody wants. Nobody thinks it's odd. That's the weird thing. Nobody thinks this is odd. Like this is all normal. This like all. There's like a sense of normalcy here because of that. Like the 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 trail. Like the the uh, the the skid marks and everything. It does not match for what what crime happened. Yeah, like there's, 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 there's no skid marks on the scene, which means they didn't they yeah. even try to stop. Yeah, they didn't try to stop. They literally tried to, like, yeah. But also, the, the detectives, the Andes, they don't care. They're just like, it's an accident. Whatever. Get over it. Yeah, because, yeah, paperwork is frowned upon here. But it's also funny. Whenever, and it continues, whenever Dalton goes by a, by a scene where a crime has happened, there's a fitting song playing 
like yeah. the, the song playing in this is the song playing in this is Romeo and Juliet. The song later yeah. that's fit, that's fitting for 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 another death. I, I think it's like that's a nice little detail. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so like I said, Angel, Angel's still suspicious. Uh, but yeah, so he's, he's still got a job to do, like going to investigate the house of David Bradley, you know, who played Filch in the Harry Potter films. <laughs> Which I, I do love this, where it's like, it, like it's like a three-way translation because nobody understands this guy except for <laughs> except for Walker. Yeah. Wait, is 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 it is it Walker? Oh crap! That's, no, it's wait. Not, it's not Walker. Shit! What the fuck is his name? I, I just I just had it too. Ah oh, man, I can't think. Okay. I'm trying to blank. We're just gonna call him Dale. We're just gonna call him Dale. Yeah, we'll call him the Dale from King of the Hill. <laughs> oh, it is Walker. It is Walker. Uh, no, you were right then. Yeah, so like no one understands guy except for Walker and nobody and Angel doesn't understand Walker's got to bring Danny along. So he's talking. Yeah, it'd be to, a translator. Yeah, so they're going to talk. They're going to talk to Phil from Harry Potter, and he's just like. Uh, it's like yeah, but yeah, why well, is for that guy? He's like yeah, for this one. It's like what do you mean this one? And then he go to his garage and he had this like gratuitous amount of guns. Yeah, like I mean, like an arsenal. An arsenal. He's even got like an old sea mine. Yeah, he's, he literally has so much shit. Uh, so yeah, they they confiscate the entirety of his arm of his armory enough to basically fund the small army. And literally fill the whole entire like uh, the whole entire like what they take the uh, the shit that's taken the from uh, criminals. I, I don't even know what the hell you'd call the uh, uh, what the hell room would that be? The, the evidence locker. The, what the, the yeah, their their locker. The what the, what they've taken from from the bad guys, I guess, or whatever. It fills their whole entire locker up. Yeah, which yeah, <laughs> that's not going to play into the, into the into the later into the, the film later on. <laughs> Or will it? Or will it? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So they uh, they go they go to the they go to the pub after a long day's work long day's work and this is the scene where they really start to where uh, uh, Danny and uh, Nick really start to you know start start to you know become closer friends. Yeah. You know, you know, you know it's, it's, it's talks about Lila. Danny talks about how his mom died and that's where he, yeah that's what inspired Danny to become a cop because he wanted to be closer to his dad. Yeah, Angel talks about you know like his his job in London and how you know and how he you know kind of like alienated himself from everybody else. But you, you swear, this is the scene where you really start to see uh, Angel cut loose a bit. Because he, yeah. You know, up to this point, he's like he's, he's so uptight, he's so like on the job, he's so you know official that he, he, he starts to. I mean, he doesn't like start he, to feel. Actually, yeah, he starts to feel like not like a real person. We actually, yeah, like he actually like partakes in actually drinking, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Hey, <laughs> drinking strips away everything eventually. Yeah, seriously, it's just but like just his layers kind of like unfold here. That he actually becomes more human. Yeah, exactly. You see, like you know, he you see like he's really you see that he he re- he recognized the fact that you know he kind of he kind of messed up in London. And the fact that you know because the job meant so much to him that. At the job, because the job meant so much to him, like they, they, he became the only thing that mattered to him. He realized that's wrong, but he doesn't know how to switch it off. Yeah. So uh, Danny had the solution, and it's, it's, to, it's to watch some. It's to watch some movies. Uh, Absolutely, like, you gotta watch a little Point Break and Bad Boys Two. We're gonna watch both of them. Yeah. Now, Russell, if you get those two, what are you watching first? Uh, probably. 
I'd probably go. I'd probably go Point Break first. I would go Point Break first too. Yeah, and then I'd go Bad Boys too. I mean, they're both good films, but yeah, I mean, Bad Boys too definitely more a- action. I, I know there's a lot of action in Point Break. They're both pretty solid films. Yeah, I do like the line they had where just like he's like it, it was it was an it was an enjoy like it was, it was a great movie, but you can't you can't do that kind of damage in crime without incurring a considerable amount of paperwork, which is the thing, yeah. which is the thing this movie gets right. I mean, like yeah. that's a, that's a thing that movies constantly ignore the paperwork. Yeah, all like like just yeah, reporting all that stuff that like that happened like they would be up to their over their head in paperwork, but not Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz shows that shit in detail. Yeah, which is hilarious. Which is something that like real life cops actually really appreciate. Yeah, because you never see that in any cop movie. You, you like you see all the fun, but you never see any of like the behind the scenes of what's going on. Meanwhile, while while all this is going on, a guy who was drunk at the bar, uh, uh, Martin. Oh, this is the scene's funny as fuck too. Uh, Martin, not Martin Blower. Uh, Robert. Fuck who? Fuck who was it? That's the guy they take home, right? Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. he was uh, he was drunk. He's he's sent home, but he's ambushed by enough by the same hooded figure from earlier. Uh, he's, he's ambushed by he's ambushed by the same hooded figure. Uh, based while while Nick while Angel and uh, Butterman are watching their movies, uh, his house is basically being turned into a giant bomb. Yeah, uh, with him inside it. So he's so he's dead. Also ruled an accident. Which is clearly not an I, I oh my god, like these guys just are so bad at their job. They're so they're so bad. They're so bad. Uh, but you know, no, no, no time, no time for investigating because there is a fair in town today. Which during which time the uh, jur- the local town journalist uh, Tim Messenger desperately needs to talk to Nicholas Angel. Uh, but before that meeting can occur, uh, <laughs> he is. He maybe gets the most brutal death of anybody in this film. It's the funniest death, though. It is. It's probably one of the funniest deaths in this film, though. He's standing, waiting for Nicol- for uh, Angel by, by the church, like the church, the church. And he he goes to meet him, and as he and he gets as he gets there, this like, uh, a part of the steeple is like one of the black the black hooded figure breaks it off. And yeah, it just so he falls. can slide it. It perfectly falls, like point down. And, and smashes just his head. Nails yeah, nails him in the head. Completely impales him. Completely again. Impales him. Shock factor. I just, I, I love the intentional shock factor that Edgar Wright does here. Oh yeah, no, I, I think, I think that's absolutely hilarious. Probably. He does it. He like has so much fun doing a show. He does. You really see like yeah how how much how much he loves like genre film, you know, like horror, sci-fi, action. Yeah. Especially like how like, grotesque some of these deaths are. And uh, yeah, now, like completely they, yeah. Yeah, he, they want to rule this one an accident as well, but uh, <laughs> they want to rule this one an accident, but uh, they can't find any hard evidence that this is uh, <laughs> that this is a uh, murder. It's so obvious, it's I do, so I, bad. I do love the line where just like you're detectives, detect. Yeah, detect. Yeah, meanwhile uh, they're finding they're finding out this you know it's like this underlying plot for this for the city you know involving you know property buying land development a bypass being built that would kind of fuck over a lot of business in this town in which case, in which the murder victims were involved in creating so it's just like oh this could, this could be very plausible this 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 was this was going on yeah this is how they're connected 
Uh, but you know, it's it's Danny's birthday, so they gotta take a little little bit, bit a little bit of a break from investigating. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, so Nicholas Angel goes to buy uh, goes to buy uh, Butterman a gift at the at the, lo- at the local florist run by Leslie Tiller, who was a town resident. And that's where he gets more information where he finds out that the the bypass is actually going to make a lot of this land more valuable. So she sold it and she's moving out of Sanford. Uh, and he's put, he's putting these pieces together. Uh, he, he goes to try to put the, put the pieces together, writes down for writes down for his reports. But while she's doing that, she's attacked by she's attacked by the hooded figure. She get hit? Doesn't she get hit in, in the neck yeah, she with gets stabbed hedge clippers? In the neck by hedge clippers. Yeah. Oh my god. Again, so over the top, but it's just it's it's like it feels like it's trying. He's constantly trying to outdo himself with how like how blatantly grotesque it's supposed to be. It's just, it's, it's too funny. Yeah. So, uh, Nick, Angel sees him do it. Uh, but Angel, Angel sees, Angel sees the guy do it, tries to chase him, does, doesn't catch him. And that's where he goes back to the station. Just like, that's it. She was fucking murdered. <laughs> it's like, I fucking watched it. I saw it. I was fucking there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do the deal the bit where how people keep, they keep putting money in the square jar. Thank you, Danny. Yeah. Yes. But the fact, like, still, nobody wants to listen. Just like, what is happening at the station? And even, like, even Angel's like, have I gone completely mad? <laughs> but he also has a but he has a pretty good idea of who did it. He's, he goes to a, he goes to, to Skinner's shop as he accuses Skinner of being the murderer because you know. It was all it was all land development happening. It could it could you know pose a threat to his business, and, yeah. and he ha- and he had a silver bullet, uh, because as he was chasing him away, the killer did cut himself on some glass. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna show you. You got the cut, and we're gonna be good. Only problem is he oh he lifts his pant leg and there's no cut. It's like wait a minute, he's not acting alone. Yeah, that's, that's what you think. Just like, like maybe, maybe like, everything. Like, no, you're like, no, he definitely did it, but maybe he's not acting alone. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, uh, Angel goes along with with like the mundaneness of his job. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. If these are accidents, these are accidents. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but then he gets the idea of, mo- of multiple killers doing it. Like, okay, you know what? That's plausible. Uh. You know he's get, he's getting he feels like he's getting really close, but that night he is ambushed by said hooded figure. But it turns out to be Lurch, yes the the inept the inept the, worker for Skinner. So he's like, oh, so so Skinner did do it. Yarp. Uh, uh, he fights him. He he knocks him out, and he goes to where uh, he was supposed to report to. <laughs> he's like, yeah, this, this, this is the Yarp. Narp. Narp. And this is where we get the the big reveal of what's actually happening here. It turns out there's not there is more than one killer, but it's not two. It's not three. There's like a dozen of these fuckers. It's like the whole townspeople are all in on it. It's 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 the neighborhood watch association, the NWA, which is which is, yep. which is funny in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're part of this like whole like dark like Illuminati like cult. It's like Who almost like like the secret society, like skulls type shit. Like, it was like the skulls, eyes wide shut, just yeah, minus the orgy. Um, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. So minus minus 
or uh, addition to the close. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, okay, so so oh, so they're all conspiring to to, <laughs> to fight this like land develop this land development bypass stuff, which I think is the clever thing. So that, that's the mission that's being set up. It was like that. that mm-hmm. I feel like that's motivation here. But when you when you get to the actual motivation, the fact that like that that was all set up. When you get to the actual motivation, all that work, all that whole storyline, it just th- gets thrown out the window. And they give you the actual reason. They give the actual reason for me. Like for example, the actors, like Martin Blower, the actor, he was murdered because he was murdered because he was a bad actor. <laughs> That's yeah. literally the reason. <laughs> uh, Eve was murdered because she had an annoying laugh. Yeah, and it it, it is super annoying though. It was it was it Legit. was annoying. <laughs> Uh, the guy who was murdered inside his own house, uh, he was murdered because they didn't like the house. They wanted to keep <laughs> the town's rustic aesthetic, but he refused. <laughs> and so you're like, you know, we got we got to take this guy out. <laughs> That's the reason he died. And cousin cousin Le- Leslie, who was actually Skinner's cousin, uh, was was killed because she's moving away. Like you know, yeah. she put Sanford she put Sanford on the map. But you know, like yeah, we can't have her sharing her secrets with everybody else. We can't have her. Nobody can. So she has. So she had to go. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny because the reason these reasons for these murders were all just incredibly petty. Yeah, and it's like completely so stupid and like superficially like insane. But it is it is funny though. Yeah, which is what makes this. Which is what makes this even. Which is what makes the reveal of this even funnier. Yeah, it's more spoof like. I mean, again, yeah. it 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 takes itself super seriously, and then. Has oh, fun and, with it. And messenger, so after, and messenger, you know? messenger was killed because he was a bad journalist. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but it has fun with doing it, though. You know. Yeah, it, it is fun. The fact that it takes it takes itself so seriously, and the fact that you know you had like this like you know like plot that you would find in a real life cop movie, when you ha- when like the turn happens, it's 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 hilarious. Because it's like everything that you like. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, but it's not that. It's like it's 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 all based on stupid shit. Was the reason why they were killed. Yeah, not only had his organization, but uh, Frank Butterman, the uh, inspector, is in on this as well. Because yep. you see, this is you see what this is. What this all boils down to is winning the Village of the Year award. That's, yeah, that's apparently that's, that's, that's a apparently it's a it's like a huge deal. Yeah, and the reason he the reason he still devoted this because uh, his wife Danny's mother was uh, they were. Uh, she was instrumental in like winning, trying to win the first Village of the Year award, but the night before the judges showed up, uh, the night before the judges showed up, uh, a bunch of gypsies rolled into town and kind of like fucked up the whole, fucked ever, fucked everything up. And, yeah. af- and after that, uh, she could she couldn't take it and ended up killing ended up killing herself. Uh, so yeah, so that's why like you know like that's why he's so devoted to this now. Uh. <laughs> we see, like may- maybe Danny's in on it, maybe not. But you see, but it's, it's kind of crazy to see like just how far they're willing to go because like Angel falls down a hole and he sees, and it's literally a chasm filled with like dead bodies of all the people that they find undesirable. Like, for like example, all the people all, that you've seen during the movie, yeah. yeah, literally like all people, like all the people you've seen doing wrong stuff in the movie have been found dead. Like all the teen, yeah. all the teenagers, the the guy who shoplifted from the store. Uh, Fucking my uh, the mime Filch the mime yeah. who is the still mime, fro- yeah. who is still frozen in a pose. <laughs> it's perfect, dude. Which I think I think it's like a, a perfect a perfect little joke. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this all comes to a head when Danny stabs Angel, but it's really just a fake out to get him out of town. 
Yeah, with with his ketchup again. Yeah. Uh, didn't he, he use ketchup? He did use yeah. ketchup. So yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know when he had a chance to set this up, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Anal, just like you know what, like we we need to stop this, but uh, Dan, Danny doesn't feel like he can do it because yeah, it's 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 his fucking dad. Like, like yeah, like, I, I understand he, not being not being not he can to face yeah. him. He he can't cut the cord like from his father, you know, be his own person. Yeah, but so Nick uh, Angel decides to leave, go back to London, but. He has a change of heart while at a gas station. Uh, he ultimately decides to go back and fight for the town, mm-hmm. uh, using old eighties, using old cop movies as inspiration for you know trying finally like doing something. Uh, he <laughs> straight up roundhouses an old lady, <laughs> drop kicks an old lady in the face. Now, can I ask something? What are the odds that those two movies are back, like literally side by side together at a gas station? Point Breaking, Point Breaking, Bad Boys too. Yeah. Uh, very astronomically low. So probably should have played a lottery ticket when he saw that. Probably should have. Just saying. Just saying. Oh uh, yeah, but he goes back. He arms up, and he is. He's got a fucking horse. He's ready Dude, I love. Out. I love it when he walks through the precinct. Though he walks through like nothing, and nobody like and fucking nobody, is even aware of it. Nobody questions it. Nobody says anything. Nobody says anything. Yeah, dude, so, they are so bad at their job. He walks out like oh, he walks out like <laughs> armed to the teeth, but nobody says anything. It's hilarious, dude. It's so hilarious. It's fantastic, and yeah, like he's he's rolling into town like Clint Eastwood or some shit. Yeah, like like a like yeah, like the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, like he's 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 facing off and like you know like like they like they know he's here now. And you're just like yeah. you're waiting for the axe to drop, and like up to this has been like a more like a realistic cop movie, but like this is where like you know they really start to you know to, like turn like you know really start to embody like the like the '80s cop movies, and just like it turns into like a massive shootout. Yeah, and it's a very well done shootout. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it's super inter- it's super entertaining. It's so funny to see like these older people wielding weapons though too. Yeah, just like again, the the, st- the staging, the the shots, the editing, the way it's choreographed. Like, I think this is an ex- excellently done action sequence. Yeah, yeah. The fact, that, like, you know, you f- you feel like you know, da- uh, Danny and Nicholas like really starting to like, you know, this is this is what this is all building up to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it's 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 a lot of fun. It feels it feels very much you know in the vein of something, you know, something like a Bad Boys Two or something like a Point Break or something like a Lethal Weapon. And but like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel disingenuous. It feels like the whole movie was like building up, was building up to this climax, you know? Yeah, no, it does. It feels natural. Like the pacing of it, it's just everything about it does. Yeah, dude's fighting with swords. <laughs> you have him shooting a priest. Yeah, I mean anything and everything. It's and some it, crazy yeah. stuff. They throw, they throw everything in the kitchen sink into, into the last half hour of this film, and it, and it's all great. Yeah, super I, funny. I, 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 love the, I love the barkeep that gets like hit, gets like hit with a bear trap. Oh, dude, he gets it. Yeah, he gets like chomped right on his fucking head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, but Frank shows up with the rest of the police, and this is where the this is where they actually start to like question stuff. We're just like, you know, yeah, why do so many accidents happen here? <laughs> Finally, we put our thinking caps on. Yeah, and you know, this is why I, this is why I do like I do like that the that the other police actually opt to you know join Nicholas in the fight against yeah. the town. Because, you know, yeah, you, like, you, you, do, you do feel them as a, as a unit. You, do, you feel that, you, you feel that, you know, that units are really start to come together in this last act. Yeah, 
because each one actually brings a lot to the table. Like they're you know, how you said with the police academy, their own personalities, their own qualities, and stuff like that. Yeah, so I, I do like that they all that they all like, you know came came together in the very end of the film. Uh, yeah, they like I said, they go they go they 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 assault on the store, which is which is another really fun sequence, especially like they're fighting Shet that have this have like an unending supply of knives. In the, the barricade of like they the hide behind uh, what the shopping carts so that they, they they run into like a like a ramming device. It's so funny. Yeah, I also I just love like how many. Uh, this is a movie where so many different lines come, so many different lines, so many different things you see throughout the film. Just about everything comes back in some way. Yeah, like you know, like like something like something I point to is where, you know, like I remember like when he first meets the woman who runs the hotel. She's doing a crossword puzzle, and, she, and she's like fascist because she's doing the crossword puzzle, and that's the next word. And he says, "You know, hag is the next word." Well, when yeah. she, when he shoots at her, when she, when she shoots at him, she's like fascist, and then when she, when he knocks her out, she he says hag. So yeah, yeah, it's, 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 just, it's just like a well smartly, it's just like a well such as like a smartly constructed script and a smartly constructed, you know, yeah, uniquely tied together. Yeah, you uniquely tie things in together. Yeah. yeah, this is another one. Like, like Skinner's escaping, and so they go into the, the city, which, you know, Sanford wants to be a model city, so they literally built a model city. And I do like... Which is absolutely hilarious. Which is hilarious. And I do like the fact that, you know, they get, like, every they get like every action movie cliche in here. Uh, they, even, they totally do. They even get down to, like, a, of, uh, sprinkler breaks. So they yeah. even get, like, the final fight in the rain. <laughs> Dude, and it's so corny because they're fighting on a fucking model. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah, like he's, he's fighting, he's fighting a nearly sixty-year-old man in a model. Dude, it's hilarious though, man. But they're literally trying to like, you know how like those movies that they deliberately slow motion like running like like Baywatch stuff. And it's almost like this is like a, a, a sp- like a spoof or play on all the action movie tropes. It's really it's just super funny. Even the, even the swan comes back because the, the swan that they, they, everyone's been trying to find throughout this movie, they fi- they find the thing they put it in the, they put it in the car because you know the guy they still got to be cops. Yeah, so, yeah, I love it. Yeah, he has a fight with Skinner, and Sk- I think Skinner gets it the worst out of, out of anybody in the NWA because like he's going to stab oh, Angel. Yeah, yeah he gets stabbed he, through the throat. Yeah, yeah, well, not through the throat. He gets like stabbed like well under, through the under his up mouth. in the neck. Yeah. Like through, but through, but the through, things like popping out of his mouth. Yeah, like through, like through the jaw, which that's gotta yeah. fucking. That won't kill you. It's just, it's just gonna fucking hurt. Oh, dude, that's gonna. Oof. And like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just purely because of Timothy Dalton, you, you you do feel bad for the guy. Yeah, I mean it's James Bond. Come on. Yeah, just just, just because like it looks like again he's 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 the villain, but that just looks painful. Oh, it just looks it looks ratchet. It looks awful, man. It looks really rad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. Uh. Frank holds holds Danny at gunpoint so he can get away. Danny does the point breaking shit in the air and going ah, dude. And again, it's paying homage to Point Break. It's just so funny because his he can't shoot his dad. He wants to, and he just like he's staring at him and he's like no. He just like starts firing up in the air. It's just it's ah, too funny, but, man. But in the end, it's the it's funny. It's the Swan that saved the day because when he tried to drive up in the car, the Swan attacks him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, the entire NWA is arrested. Which that's, that's, an, that's another thing I think is, is a fascinating about this. That, no matter how much mayhem and carnage is enacted about the, the climax of this film, the climax of this film, nobody dies. 
Everyone mm. who's in everyone who's involved in the wrongdoings in this is arrested and charged. Yeah. Paperwork is to happen. Yeah, and then the, yeah, and he would he, he declines to go back to London because he wants to do paperwork. You know, they're sitting there, they're having fun. Again, you feel the chemistry of this unit, but one of the members is uh, still very much active. Is the one who runs the surveillance for the town in the, in the police station. Uh, he he's there. He's got a blunderbuss, which I guess is the only weapon left behind after all of this. <laughs> uh, he tries to take a shot, a pop shot at Angel. Uh, does it? Uh, well, he. Almost gets it, but Danny jumps in front of the bullets. Again, fitting, very fitting, given, given the satire of action movies. Yep. Uh, he gets kicked into the mine, and the mine, which we thought was deactivated, uh, not the case. No, definitely activated. Uh, blows up the entire police station. And you think, like, oh, shit, is Danny going to die? <laughs> because he, 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 he did go through an explosion take a, and take a blunderbuss shot to the chest. you got to love it, though, this next shot where he's... Carrying flowers, flowers to, flowers to, to the uh, grave. You're like, oh, he's dead. To the grave. He's like, oh no, Danny died. But he, uh, the gra- the flowers were for Danny's mother. Danny is very much alive. Uh, Nicholas has been promoted to police const or yeah to inspector, and uh, basically now him and Danny are basically police in the town. And that's the end of the movie. So Russell, final thoughts on Hot Fuzz. Yeah, um, it was just a funny movie. Like I said, it, it was good when I saw it back in 2007. Um, it's aged well. It's Like I said, it, it takes itself seriously, but then it has fun with itself. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost have such great chemistry on the screen like we talked about. Um, you can really tell their friendship, really. You could see it on the screen. Um, Edgar Wright just has fun with this film. Um, uh, it's just, it's something like there's all... And it's just like something I guess you'll have to like watch it multiple times to see little things that you didn't notice before um, in it. And it's crazy how many like big superstars are in this film that we didn't realize like back in 07. I really didn't realize too many, you know what I mean, of all the other like cast and crew that you had in this film. But uh, it's overall, it's a funny film. Uh, I'm super surprised it won, but I'm glad it did because it, it got us something to watch something different and talk about something different. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I think that this is one of my favorite comedies of all time. I think that this is this is the greatest satire of American action movies ever made. Uh, you get everything, you know, the you know the John Woo jump jumping, <laughs> the John Woo jumping with double pistols. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you uh, you get the you know the the, sh- the shootouts. You get the you know using, uh, you get you know the shooting shooting cars to make an, try to make an explosion. Uh, running away from explosions and other things. Yeah, I think that there's just so much in this film that works. I think it's a smartly composed comedy. I think it's the, yeah. I think it's I think it's smart in love with the fact that like, every time I watch it, I find a new joke. Like for example, yeah. I this is the first time I noticed that the <laughs> the guy at the front desk of the police station had a twin brother. I never so I somehow yeah. never noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that this is a movie that has like tremendous amount of replay value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I th- what I'll say is, but, but with, with the Cornetto trilogy, I think that there's one that there's there's one element in each of them that everyone does better than the other two. Like you know, Sha- like Shaun of the Dead, I think has the best Simon Pegg uh, Nick Frost relationship. This one I think is the funniest. I think it's most well written. I think it's most well directed, and I think it's the most complete film. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at uh, you look at World's End, I think it's most thematically interesting. And I think it has the best Simon Pegg performance of, of any of any of these films. Yeah. Um, 
I think I think that this trilogy, this trilogy, so to speak, showcases Edgar Wright's range as a filmmaker, and even his stuff outside of this showcases his, his further range outside of that. But I think just the fact that you know these came out and the thing about these Russells, like none none of these movies were huge hits. None mm-hmm. of these were really. No, they were hits. very under the radar films. Yeah, because uh, like this this one made. Let me let me get let me get some numbers right here. Uh, give me one second. Yeah, uh, this was the most successful. This made eighty million dollars worldwide. Shaun of the Dead made thirty million uh, worldwide, and World's End made forty six. So none of these were huge hits, but I think the I think it's a testament to the quality, the fact that like all these become like these like massive cultural touchstones where like people will just continually reference them and you know just like hold them in such reverence, despite the fact that they weren't huge hits at the time. They they had to, they had yeah. to be discovered and they had to be discovered over time. And they stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. I think they, like, they will continue to stand the test of time. And for my money, this is the best of this trilogy. I think it's the best movie Edgar Wright's done in his career. And yeah, I agree. It, the best the of the trilogy. It's, it's the reason he's one of my, one of my favorite directors working. I don't, I don't think he's ever made a bad movie, and I'm always going to be excited for what he's got coming next. So that's going to do it for us here at Toys by Chance. We know this is a long episode, but we had you know, we we a lot to cover. Next one won't be nearly as uh, nearly as stacked. But Russell, one, one get our plugs before we head out. Yeah, Notorious by Chance, the Facebook group. Uh, that's where we put the polls up for you guys to vote on what to uh, make us watch. Um, also, you can find us, Notorious by Chance, on YouTube. And um, you actually still would have like 20 minutes left of Titanic if you were uh, watching it. So, yeah. <laughs> and you have a Twitter, Twitter Instagram, Chance, underscore 91. Check out the movie, Trish Modown. Season 9 reboot is starting soon. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of what we've been doing behind the scenes. I know you all are really going to love it. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, tune into the Schmodown YouTube channel to see all of that. And yeah, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week. Well, next time we'll have, first of all, not as nearly long a show, but we will uh, have our annual Black History Month special, which is always a, always a favorite here. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. <laughs>